Hey, 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 before we get started with today's show, I do want to give a quick shout out to some wonderful people who have gone to patreon.com slash real Dave Jackson to kick me a few bucks a month and help support the show. These personal heroes are Chris Nelson, the top three podcast crew, Zul Geek, Eric Guess, Rick Firestone, Nick Ficori, Jill, Soccer, ZNA, Cupcake, Kyle, Christian S., Matt, a.k.a. Stormageddon, JD, Doug Leaf, Jason Emery, Rob Shack, and many more. Your continued support is always appreciated, and if anyone out there would like to support this way, once again, that's patreon.com slash realdavejackson. For as little as $2 per month, you get some extra Tales from the Backlog goodies, like bonus episodes, the ability to vote on episode topics, and for $5 a month, you'll also get my retro gaming show called Tales from the Way Backlog. The retro game of the month this month is Castlevania II Simon's Quest. So if you want to hear that and more, once again, patreon.com slash realdavejackson. And with that being said, let's get on to Redfall. Hello everybody, my name is Dave Jackson and you're listening to Tales from the Backlog. This is a video games review podcast where each week I'm joined by a guest to bring a game out of the backlog, play it, and discuss. My guests today are friends of the show, the two hosts of Friday Night Gamecast and Vampire Hunter Extraordinaires, Nick and Will. Welcome back to the show, guys. Hello, hello. Glad to be back. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you so much, Dave, for having us back again. We're so excited to get into this with you. Yeah, this is uh, this is going to be a special one today. We're going to talk about Redfall today. But before we talk about Redfall, it's been a minute since you two were on the show. So uh, I will give you the, the customary time at the beginning of the episode to talk about Friday Night Gamecast and everything that you got going on. Thank you so much again, Dave. Um, we are the Friday Night Gamecast. Both myself and my co-host, Will, uh, run a variety podcast that's centered around the gaming industry. Uh, we like to, to have our hands everywhere when it comes to gaming. So whether it comes to reviews, uh, rumors, industry news, game impressions, and, and, and outright reviews that are full-blown uh, in-depth the way that Dave does it, uh, we, we do it all. We do a little bit of everything. We even do a little bit of reacts to some showcases that come out here and there. So we're not really, uh, we're not really PlayStation, Xbox, or Nintendo-centric. We, we co- like to cover everything. Um, mm-hmm. But kind of what Will and I do is just we're, we're two best friends that have a great time that talk about games. And that's, that's how we started. And so that's what we're, we're staying true to as we go far. But we want to give you the best of everything. This, this, uh, our show is designed around folks who don't have time to keep up with all of the different news and outlets out there. So we're your one-stop shop for everything that's going on in the industry right now. So you can come in and find out what's happening with us. Yeah, it's a great show. Um, I I really enjoy it. Proud to say that I'm a patron uh, of your show. I enjoy it so much. I love what you guys are doing. The dynamic between you two, the stuff you cover, it's all awesome. Excellent. Uh, Right now, when we're recording this, we're in the uh, we're in a little bit of a like between period for Friday Night Gamecast. I'm looking forward to uh, to what's coming on the horizon. Yep, we got yeah. good stuff coming down for sure, for sure. So get oh, yeah. ready. Season two is upon us. 
Hell it yeah. Really awesome. Is. It really is. By the time people hear this, maybe season two will have begun so people can jump right in. Yeah. It definitely will. It definitely will. <laughs> Hell yeah. So yeah, at the beginning of the episode, I'll go, just go ahead and give the recommendation that everyone should go check out Friday Night Gamecast. There's links down in the podcast uh, description for uh, Friday Night Gamecast and everything that Nick and Will are doing. It's great stuff. And today, gentlemen, we're talking about Redfall. Redfall. The first-person shooter developed by Arcane Studios Austin and published by Bethesda for Xbox and PC in 2023. Uh, Good to have you on this episode for Redfall because our last episode together was about Prey, which was the previous game by Arcane Studios Austin. So we promise we didn't plan it that way, but it just turned (laughs) out that uh, that's the way it worked out. So we're going to have a nice little comparison on this episode. Uh, before we get into it, I do want to say if you have not played Redfall, anyone listening, don't worry, we're not going to spoil the story for you. Check down in the show notes, there's going to be a timestamp for when the spoilers begin, uh, but it's not going to be for a while, so you can listen and find out all about Redfall's you know, gameplay, music, visuals, and all of that stuff without being worried about uh, getting spoiled on that. So with all that being said, guys, we got some elevator pitches for Redfall here in case people don't know what this game is, in case people saw that Metacritic score and said, I'm not even going to look up what that game is. Um, (laughs) I wrote down Redfall's elevator pitch is immersive sim meets co-op shooter meets a seaside town full of vampires. What do you guys think? So I came in and said that it's Redfall. In other words, how to make an open world co-op looter shooter with vampires without making one. <laughs> oh, man, I can't believe I got to follow that one up. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So mine, I was going to be very nice. I was going to be very, very, very sharp on this one. So it's a rare miss from Arcane, a gameplay loop as soulless as the vampires that should be populating the town. So unfortunately, <laughs> this cake just needed to be baked a lot more. Yeah. Yep. Um, we will, uh, we'll definitely get into that, but I think we all kind of share that opinion to some degree for sure. Um, Redfall took me 16 hours to complete. I did all of the main story. I did a bunch of the side quests, not all of them, uh, but I did do a lot. 16 hours. Uh, I did not do a lot of like, what we'll say just like casual multiplayer, like playing in other people's games and stuff like that. I just focused on my own main quest basically. Um, how about you guys? How long did this take? Um, I'll go first because I'm not 100% sure about Will, but I played like 99% of this game with William. I like there was maybe two sessions that I got in that I played a little bit by myself and I did a couple of side missions. I mm-hmm. I did a little bit of um of the the vampire dungeons where you know, the the nests, the nests that you have yeah, to yeah. open up later on. And uh but overall, I it was exactly like right where you finished everything. It was about 15 and a half to 16 hours for me. Okay. So I want to tell you guys, I played a lot of Redfall. (laughs) I had multiple characters. And as far as rolling credits, because I did everything through the first time, that took about 23 hours on that first character. And then, as Nick said, I played a lot with him. I kind of uh, played through him and a couple of other friends where I tried out, you know, the different characters. I wanted to see the different styles. So my total time as of today is 42 hours of Redfall time. Oh, my gosh. You might have the most hours in Redfall of anybody who doesn't work for Arcane. Yeah, they should put my name on a statue of a vampire. (laughs) Yeah, you need at least put your name up on a plaque in the in the Arcane Austin office. In the Austin office, yeah, Yeah. I'll take it. I'll take it. (laughs) Um, So, 
We will begin the episode, as always, by talking about kind of our history with uh, Arcane Studios and with Redfall. What made us want to play this? So, guys, what was it about this that made you want to play it? Was it playing Prey for the podcast last year? I will say for me, Prey was a big draw. Before that, I hadn't really touched a whole lot of Arcane games. I was very light into Dishonored. Um, It just didn't really grab me for some reason, the bit that Mm -hmm. I played. Um, But playing Prey for the pod... While I did have a lot of sticking points that were frustrating, I think the overall heart of the game, you know, the the crawling through the vents, the thing that made Prey what it was, what made it more of a sleeper hit for people, is what I ultimately liked the most. So seeing something like that, seeing something that felt fairly fresh in the, uh, you know, the kind of first-person shooter world, these games have been around for a long time, but they never really get a whole lot of, like, focus when you have those Call of Duties coming out year after year, when you have, you know, these other third person, you know, specifically like Sony games kind of dropping year after year. So mm-hmm. being able to say from this company, okay, you do these things. Deathloop had just come out, you know, more recently to a lot more acclaim, which I hadn't played up until this point. So I was like, oh, let me go ahead and check out, you know, another arcane game, even though they're not the same exact studio. Let me go ahead and look at Redfall. I mean, you got vampires, you got guns. I'm like, it's a, it's an easy swing. You got to knock it out the park. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, for all intents and purposes, this should be like one of William's favorite games if they did it correctly, because he's a he's full blown, uh, you know, not not battlefield, but uh, he he loves looter shooters. He loves his Diablos, anything where you go in and you level up the numbers. Love Borderlands, the, okay, Borderlands. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah, he's yeah. he's big into those. So, um, for me, I actually Will and I watched the Xbox showcase together when they first announced this game in June of 2021. And mm-hmm. I will say that the cinematic trailer for me is what sold me on like the concept, the idea initially. It was pretty well done. You could tell that it had a very unique feel to it. You could tell it still had that arcane energy based on the way that they were marketing it. Um, and it was interesting because it seemed as though they were trying to make Layla the main character, the main protagonist of this squad based on those trailers that they came out, which kind of was a little bit, I don't, I have feelings about that, but I mean, it kind of, that obviously is not what it ended up being. Um, I got worried when this was delayed, I believe earlier this year, or maybe it was delayed last year in 2022, I believe was when it was original yeah, release. It was date. supposed to come out in October of 2022 and it got delayed yeah. into May. That's right. That's right. And and so I got worried when that first happened because I was like, what's going on? Why did they do that? And I remember people were making a fuss about it. Xbox, they did have, they had the same conversation that they were having about Xbox then as they did now once it mm-hmm. released. Was the Xbox still doesn't have any games, X, Y, and Z. Um, but I had faith at the time when it was first announced and what got me into it that this is arcane, that they're going to bring their energy. And even when the middling reviews came out from the early access folks and the, and the podcasters and the streamers, even when they were like, this is mid, basically, almost everybody across the board said it wasn't great. I was like, oh, well, maybe they just don't understand Arcane. I gave it every benefit of the doubt. Um, and so that so jumping into it, I was coming in with like zero expectations and an open mind to what this experience would be. Mm-hmm. And I was ready for, for a vampire looter shooter. And that's kind of what got me in, um, yeah. much to my dismay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um... I, I, I'm a big fan of Arcane Studios and they were, and honestly, they still are on my list of developers where when they put out a new game, I'm going to play it. Uh, even, yeah. even with Redfall. And of course, we're going to get into how we all feel about Redfall, but, um, not to bury the lead. I mean, like, I, I don't think this game is very good. That doesn't affect how, what I think about Arcane Studios and like the type of games they make. Agreed. But, 
it, it really was like I played Prey. I loved it. I played Prey Mooncrash. I loved it. I played Deathloop. I thought it was, I didn't love it, but I liked it a lot. I liked playing Deathloop. So it was basically like Arcane's making a new game. Cool. I'll play it. Oh, it's a, it's an online looter shooter, which is something I literally never play. I will play it, but only because it's Arcane, not because I give a shit about online looter shooters. That's the kind of like gravitas that they have with me personally. So like this was a day one thing. And even though like the preview coverage was pretty shaky from time to time, I didn't really care. It was still going to be like, well, Arcane gets the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to play this. So dropping on Game Pass helps also. So, you know, day one, downloaded on Game Pass, gave it a try uh, and taking in some opening thoughts. I mean, I already mentioned this. I, I don't think this game is is good. Um, there are things to like about it, but to me, this feels like a like an early access or like a beta rather than a completed AAA game from a, a studio with so much as much prestige as Arcane has. Uh, it just doesn't it doesn't hit any of the things that I like about Arcane except for some like aesthetic things and the stuff that was going to be like harder for me to get into, you know, online looter shooter type stuff. I don't think that's very good either. So we're going to, obviously we're going to break these things down, but uh, this is a bad game. It feels like a soulless game. And um, I, I, I'll never get these 16 hours back. (laughs) 16. Oh God. Never will. You never will. Dave. (laughs) No, I'll never get it back. (laughs) So we're coming up on like uh, around 80, 80-ish episodes of the podcast, 80-ish games that I've done on the podcast. This is like the second time on the podcast that I've said, this game is bad. I think this game is not, I don't like this. This is bad. This is a bad video game. So I don't like say that lightly, but here we are. Yeah. yeah. I think that speaks <laughs> to games as a whole. You know, people will definitely look at games and they'll say nowadays X, nowadays Y. But like you said there, you know, you've done this 80 times and you've only really had to say objectively, there are two bad games. And I feel like when a game like this comes around and one, it comes from a great studio and mm-hmm. then it comes out and it's just straight up bad, like we can all agree, you know, it, you feel it. And uh, I feel like they're rare and it's not something that we can even just kind of brush away and be like, oh, this is bad. haha. It's more just like, you know, how did this come about? That's why I appreciate when we see like articles and people actually have discourse mm-hmm. about a game like this. Something that happened with Redfall shouldn't be like, a, oh, it happened. I guess, you know, we'll just see what another game comes out. It should be like, how could something fail this heavy? <laughs> yeah. Fail so spectacularly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I think that as I was saying, I, I came into this experience with an open mind and an open heart and to be let down the way that I was by my time in this game, like really was like I, soul crushing is a little dramatic <laughs> to put it there. when We're talking <laughs> about a video game. Cause it's not that deep, but like I was incredibly disappointed when I, when I, in my very first beginning hours of this game mm-hmm. and I wasn't only disappointed at, you know, my time and my experience and the fact that, as Dave mentioned, this is not a good game. This is, uh, by all objective purposes, this is not a good game. I was disappointed in Arcane and ZeniMax Studios as a whole. And I was very confused with those studios as a whole until, of course, something we'll get into, I'm sure, a little bit later. The reports from Jason Schreier came out and they, mm-hmm. you know, everything they were talking about was going on. I was like, like, I, there were, there were simple things that were in Prey 
and things that I knew that were in Deathloop, despite you know my limited hands-on with that game, mm-hmm. uh, that just weren't in Redfall. And I and I was asking myself like, why? What is the reason? And I think we have our answers now. But yeah, this is um, unfortunately just a miss for me. Yep. So uh, let's uh, let's take a little music break. One of the things that I can say is good about the game is the music. So let's listen to a little bit, and then uh, when we come back, we're going to dive into uh, the story, talk about the gameplay, and stuff like that. So in Redfall, you uh, pick a character at the beginning. I believe there are four characters to pick from. Um, Each of them have different abilities and stuff like that. We'll talk about that later. They all have different personalities and stuff too. They have different backstories. So you get to pick one at the beginning and then your character wakes up on a boat stranded on the shore of Redfall. And I actually like this beginning quite a bit. This was really cool because it's really visually striking which is one of the other things I think this game does great. Uh, There's a solar eclipse happening. The seas have been stuck like mid-tsunami, basically. There are boats being like suspended in the water in these giant waves and stuff like that. And vampires have taken over the town of Redfall. At the beginning, they're led by one called the Hollow Man, who you hear uh, on the radio, you see through TV broadcasts, and there's a bunch of cultists following the vampires around. So in the first mission, your character rescues a group of NPCs in a fire station, and uh, you're off to try and fight off this vampire infestation, and you'll learn how this came to be and stuff like that. You'll also help people out with their problems. Um, but that's that's the basic story setup. That's as far as I'm going to take the plot in the non-spoiler section. We'll talk about like those things you learn in the spoiler section of this episode. But what did you guys think of this, um, this setup for Redfall? Yeah. The initial setup was really good. Like it's funny. I'm I'm sure we'll talk about it more as well, but when you're first brought into the game, you get introduced to what Redfall considers cutscenes, which is kind of like, you know, it's a PowerPoint slideshow that's Uh put up on the screen in front of you. And I was like, oh, okay, (laughs) this is an artistic choice. This is very interesting. Mm -hmm. But then very quickly after that, you know, you you actually get a true cutscene where it's locked in place camera-wise and you're introduced to one of the the earlier, well, vampires as a whole when they're in front of you, but then the Black Sun comes out and talks to you at the very beginning of the game, Mm -hmm. um, says some very cryptic things that generally does not matter. And then you're kind of left to your own devices to continue forward. Um, so it's like, you know, you get introduced to that kind of PowerPoint, then you get a true cutscene. But as you mentioned, as far as the tsunamis in the waters, that was one of the first things I noticed. You can kind of see them like through the boat when you look outside the window. And then when you're actually out on the dry lake bed, you look up and just see them towering over you. And as you get really close, you know, you see the waves still shimmering. So it's not like they're frozen like ice, you know, they're just stuck in place. I yep. thought that was an excellent, yeah. excellent visual. It looked really cool. It really it set me off on a great foot for the initial part of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get down to your first, first like group of cultists and you kind of have your option. You're like, all right, I'm playing an arcane game. I'm playing, you know, a first person shooter. At this point, you can kind of sneak by or you can shoot. Of course, you're going to shoot. <laughs> yeah. and, and then that's when you get your first taste of Redfall combat for better or for worse. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. This the the intro sequence to this game, as as you both have said, it it was intriguing. Waking up on a boat, you're traveling somewhere. It's very ambiguous what happened to your character or who you are or, you know, how you got in the situation to be. And so that's very, that is very classic arcane for the, the story setups that, you know, obviously in Midius Rest, they, they want you to just dive into that experience up front. The visuals and the idea setup would, would have been more, I, I took my time inside that ship. I like walked around the ship. I was doing the classic, you know, gamer thing. I was looking at corners. I was looking at visuals. I was, I was looking at, the art style, the art direction. I was like, well, there, there's something here. There's something here. And then I get out and then I see these awesome waves that are above me. And I'm on the, the basically the riverbed or the lake bed that, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're sitting on at that time. But then I start looking closer at the waves and I see the, the asset tiling of the textures that are on there. And I was like, that's kind of, that's kind of goofy. That's kind of weird. And I go down and as, as will say, you, you kind of go up the, the, the street a little bit or up that, that pathway that's been laid out for you. And you, you feel like you're moving through mud a little bit and then you aim down sights and you're like, Oh no, my, my camera can't move while I'm aiming down sights. <laughs> and so I, it, all of these things started stacking up very, very quickly for me to where I was like, Oh no, <laughs> Oh no, everything. It's everything they said, but but worse somehow possibly for me to, to get in here it's um it's interesting uh the story setup is it is what it is uh there's there's not really much to it other than that and in that there's kind of very much a bare bones idea of what they're laying out in the world one last thing to to finalize like my thoughts on this section is that i i felt like the difference between Prey and here is that in Prey, I was picking up every single piece of information. When I was in the apartment, Morgan Yu's apartment at the very beginning, I read every single email I could touch. I read every single data pad, and I was intrigued by everything that they had to offer and say. And as soon as I picked up a note, like the very first couple of notes in Redfall, I was skimming it, I was reading it, and I was like, what what is this this is not yep. this is not yep. these are not the droids you're looking for <laughs> so i uh i kind of had to kind of push on from there i'm with you so like it's really hit and miss whether i'm going to read shit in video games like especially pick up notes um i, I remember like i enjoyed reading emails and stuff in prey i, I read a lot yeah. of those yeah in, in this game it's like you said after maybe three or four notes. I was like, I'm never reading one of these again. I don't, Ever. I don't care Ever. how story relevant it is. I'm not reading it. So they, they just lost me with like what those things are talking about. Um, the, the other thing about the story and like the story and like the things you learn about how this happened is like a half baked version of a cool idea. I think like there, there was a way to make this into something that would have been really compelling and interesting, but some of the plot threads are kind of left like half explained. They're just not very interesting the way that they get resolved. Some of them could be, but they're very bare bones with how it all works out. The other thing about the story that I want to note is that because you can play one of four characters and they did not take the time to voice your character talking to other characters, everyone just talks at you. They very rarely reference who you are or what your character's like special thing is like I picked the guy named Devinder who's like a cryptozoologist which would have been really fucking cool if someone yeah. asked him like hey man you know anything about vampires you're a cryptozoologist yeah no one ever mentions that shit so like it felt like you know any number of like faceless NPCs in RPGs where you make your own character 
who can't reference what you're talking about. There's four characters in this game, and this is a triple A video game. Why does no one acknowledge who my character is? And, yeah. and so, like, because of that, you're so disconnected. People just talk at you. The yeah. dialogue is frequent is like not that great either. So I don't really care about my character's place in this world and mm, no. the stuff that you're learning about what happened in Redfall is underbaked. So like great first impression, but then as soon as people start talking to each other, I was like, oh, ah, man. Yep. Yeah, that the firehouse, when you get to the firehouse, that's when you really start feeling it because it's yeah. like uh, you can you can overlook the stuff with like some of the cultists, but there's such there there are only so many NPCs in the firehouse. And then yeah. I spent five minutes going up to each one when I first showed up there and talking to them and essentially just being like, like just finding out like what they had to say, what they had, what context they had to give the situation. And mm-hmm. it was all just I had to run from my mom's farm. I'm pregnant. Or, hey, you should go over there. Like, it, literally one-liners. And that's that's not an exaggeration. And it's, yeah. and it's really sad. You also... I, I know they did this on purpose. And I know for a fact that each of the main storylines for the different characters, as you progress through the game, you kind of start learning a little bit more of later on. Mm-hmm. But you have to go through, like, 10 hours of content before you find out who your character even is or what their like what their responsibility or what their place in this world is or what their motivations however you know much motivation they wrote for them even are and that's that's so frustrating for me like i had to ask will why my character has a special eye in his head and why he can talk <laughs> to a crow when we were like 5 to 6 hours in the game when this is something that the the narrative team should have told us up front like they, mm-hmm. they should have gotten us in somehow or drip fed us snippets of information here and there for every single main storyline quest and they failed to do so yeah the, the two things about the game that's most egregious from the beginning is that one they do a lot of telling and not showing so things like you know Devender being a zipto cryptozoologist and you know jacob's eye a lot of those things are things you have to go digging through the menus and find like in the character trees or maybe even in um, like the journal information that they have. So your average person is not going to know anything about these characters that they're playing other than maybe what they hear them occasionally spout during combat or, you mm-hmm. know, at the beginning of a mission. Um, so that's a that's a huge miss there for a a company that generally wants to tell you a story and a game that puts you in a completely new IP. You know, you need to tell people where they are and kind of what they're doing and how this is, but telling them in a compelling way, giving them a hook. The game has no hook at the, like the first five hours of the game. You're playing it because it's a shooter. It's hard to be like, I'm playing it because it's a looter shooter with vampires because the loot comes super slow. And then when you get to, we already talked about there with the firehouse, you get your first taste of the vampires and it's an incredibly underwhelming experience. Yeah, my so my character again, cryptozoologist should be super fucking interested in vampires. Only every now and then, like when you find a new type of vampire, he'll be like, "Oh, there's a new type that'll you know that'll make a good picture in the magazine or something like that." Never talks about being a cryptozoologist again. Never talks about his interest in vampires again. He just kind of quips little one-liners to himself the whole time. Yeah, it's it's really disappointing, especially because I play the character who should be really interested in what's going on. So you end up with like no real motivation for at least me with my character. I ended up with like no motivation for why he's going to go do all this shit, except like 
he's the only one capable, I guess. Mm-hmm. But yeah. this used this was a strength in Dishonored. They made like really strong reasons why you're going to go out and assassinate these people. And in Prey, they have a good hook for why Morgan is going to go do what Morgan does in the station. And oh, yeah. uh, Deathloop was the same way. I mean, Deathloop is made by a different branch of Arcane Studios, but, you know, they, they communicate shit. Like, they're not working totally independently. Yeah. So this was just like, you know, I'm doing this because I'm playing a video game. Like, the basic level of, like, I'm shooting these vampires because they're in my way. That's it. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit about why like the character would be doing it because they never tell you really. Yep. I was going to say I'm doing it because I'm going to be on Tales from the Backlog. And that's why I'm doing <laughs> it mainly. It's my driving force. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so, it's the same way. Yeah, not to not to beat a dead horse with this uh with this story. I do want to talk about some some good stuff before we go into uh talking about gameplay. So, mm-hmm. we mentioned before some of those visuals, those visual set pieces that you see at the beginning, you know, the the sun's blacked out. Those uh, those tidal waves are suspended in midair and stuff. So I want to talk a little bit about aesthetics um, because you can't really do a compliment sandwich with this game. So we can do a compliment totally. right now, you know? A little open so, face sandwich. Yeah, an open <laughs> face compliment sandwich and then a shit sandwich later. Um, <laughs> so I, I think that this game got a lot of shit for its visuals. Uh, arcane games are always visually stylized. They're never photorealistic, uh, especially with the way characters look and stuff yeah. like that. I thought this game looked really cool. Like I, I like the, I like the colors that they used. I like the outdoor settings, uh, which, you know, pray we didn't really get that, uh, from arcane Austin. Right. But I like the outdoor settings. I like the way the neighborhoods look, um, you know, all the tsunamis again, the solar eclipse, the uh, the spooky TVs flashing all the time. Um, I think the like the hollow man effect on the TV is interesting, even if I think the stuff he's saying really sucks. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but visually, I think this is a pretty good looking game. Like despite fidelity, I guess I'll say, you know, even though I played this game in 4K, it, it didn't look like a brand new, you know, triple a high quality microsoft first party game you know mm-hmm. but art direction i thought was nice yep i agree with you 100 yeah. percent there i think the direction was good my main issues with the visuals was like you said there towards the end you know this is an xbox exclusive and it's on pc as well uh, pcs can obviously run crazy crazy images and then xbox is supposed to be one of the stronger consoles on the market with you know the 12, 12 teraflops is what you hear a lot but this is <laughs> something that is console ever. the most powerful console but this game <laughs> does not take advantage of that you know the there's a day and night cycle but the day and night cycle is very uh, jumpy how it goes there and then when it is daytime you're not getting like nice ray trace shadows at least for me you know i wasn't seeing anything that was really really striking or stunning with reflections um it was all very kind of mute in like like matte that way everything felt kind of flat nothing was too too shiny so i was like eh, it's fine but the art direction itself you know i like how the normal vampires looked i like how all the special vampires look they all look very cool when you saw them for the first time um before realizing how annoying they are like they all look great i love the angler which is like one of my least favorite vampires but just mm-hmm. the actual look of the vampire before she like grabs you is really cool yeah um, and even all of the the main hero characters you're playing as, you know, Jacob, Layla, uh, Dev, and uh, Remy, they all look pretty cool. Maybe Remy's the more normal looking of the group, but they all look very cool. They all have nice like little stylings and going on. So 
when you see them kind of side by side, you're thinking, you know, you have something really nice in your hands as far as visually and, oh, I can't wait to kind of, you know, deck this character out or see how they look like, you know, towards end game or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you know, for, for compliments or positive notes on, on Prey, obviously we, you know, as you mentioned before our music break, the music is bumping. I was, I was uh, is, listening yeah. to the, uh, I was listening to the OST during my work day today, kind of prepping for the show a little bit. And I, you know, was having a blast. I was, I was vibing to it. I was like, but then it's, it's this weird dichotomy because I was, I was vibing to the music and then I remembered, oh, this is our, this is Redfall. <laughs> and I started having a bad time. Uh-huh. But music, I, uh, music triggers memories for sure. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so I remember like, like, cause the song that you get when you go into a firehouse or the, um, or the, the Harbor pier or whatever that area was called. I was like, ah, oh, this is, this is where that, where I was at that point in time. It, it mm-hmm. was a little frustrating, but I, I see what you're saying in terms of the, the art design in the visual direction of, of this game. I think though that in, in my opinion, there were times where I felt like the, there were definitely set pieces in this game. There were definitely areas that mm-hmm. had been worked on by parts of this team. Yeah. And then obviously what happened happened and they either weren't there anymore or somebody came and did a second pass. And it was kind of a, a tale of, you know, what happens when, you know, you have you know, folks, who, really good developers who leave the studio and how people have to pick up the pieces a little bit later. So again, like the, the concepts were there. Uh, I liked the idea of the firehouse. I liked the idea of the initial town for the first map of this game. Um, and it's just that there are so many things that kind of were working against it at the same time. I, I struggled often to appreciate the nice things. I liked the area with the lighthouse. Um, I liked at times when you were inside of buildings or inside of houses, there were certain houses that were part of main storyline missions that I thought like, okay, this is, this is decently put together as having a fun time. And of course Mm -hmm. I'm with Will and we're just hanging out. We're, we're chatting when he can chat and having a great time already. So that always makes it a little bit better. And I, it makes me ignore some things that I probably otherwise wouldn't. Um, but yeah, so I, I just think that some of what they were shooting for just wasn't for me. Um, but yeah, I, I I will say though that however poor the writing was, the direction on the voice actors themselves was Good. solid. They nailed what they were supposed to do and they embodied the characters. And I'll say even like you were saying earlier about the hollow man, like despite of like what the actual like words that they were saying, I could tell that whoever was on the uh, voice acting team or who was directing the voice actors themselves did a really good job of putting in them, them in a position to do great things. Uh, the man, I, I couldn't stand the way the hollow man sounded. Uh, like, oh, really? I, I like, I like the effect that the flashing TVs and stuff or like the way, Maybe you'd like walk past something or like a car and suddenly he'd blare in on the radio and and give you a little jump or something like that. But I I couldn't get out of my head that I thought he sounded like South Park's uh, Satan. Satan. That's funny. (laughs) Which, I mean, I could, once I I got that in my head, I was like, well, I'm never going to hear this without that (laughs) thought ever again. Um, (laughs) And the, the other thing about the, those hollow man things is there are not enough voice lines for the amount of time you're going to walk past those TVs. And, you know, like the, the 30th time I heard the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood. I was like, Jesus Christ, shut the fuck up, man. Like, (laughs) 
Yeah. What you got nothing else to say? Like <laughs> and that, they were doing that on purpose. That's how you walk over and smash the TV with the melee and just, you know, <laughs> give it a little breaky break. I started doing that because I didn't even I know you like, could do that. Yeah, oh yeah, you can. I thought <laughs> thought maybe I'd get a trophy for it or something if I if I smashed enough of them, but mm-hmm. I got bored of that too uh, after a while. Um voice acting though, like I didn't test out other characters. Um we all played a session together one time. I didn't hear what your other what your characters sounded like uh, very often, which mm-hmm. kind of sucks. Um, yeah. I did not like the voice direction for my character Devinder. I thought he was really annoying, and he was just a fucking quip machine. When like I I'm getting real tired of these uh, like this tone, you know, when like the whole world is shit. This town is fucked. There are vampires mm-hmm. everywhere. There's dead bodies everywhere. People are getting like, you know, people being used as like just, you know, living blood supplies blood for these bags. vampires and shit. And my character does not have a care in the world. He is just He's having, a, good time himself, having a great time. <laughs> and I can't stand it. I'm just really sick of it. Yeah. Maybe Stay the vendor was a sociopath. Who knows? It's, it's possible. I don't well, know anything else her. about him. Exactly. How are we supposed to infer <laughs> that? How are we supposed to assume? <laughs> yeah. I, I agree with you there. Jacob Jacob was was my character. Uh, Will also played as him. I think we were both Jacob for a while. No, there. I was I was Layla. You started off as Layla, that's right. Yeah. And I enjoyed when Jacob and Layla were together because they they still have like repeated they have like six or maybe like five so you dialogue lines yeah, between so you're hearing repeated. them all the time. But as you're running together and if you stay in the same vicinity, you know, she'll say something about running track and he'll say something about being back on the farm and and so I, I think that when there were moments when you're transitioning or when they have their cutscenes and your character is narrating over those cutscenes, I will say that that Jacob, I think, out of all of them did the or at least from what I was exposed to, did a really good job with his. Um so I guess it may it might have been more of a hit or miss thing and that I just didn't have enough hands on with the rest of the characters. What would you say, Will? Would you say mm-hmm. that the those other characters kind of did the same thing or were they as good in your opinion? Well, just touching on what you mentioned there with the characters interacting with each other, because, you know, I guess ultimately they did make this to be that more co-op experience. Um, it was you know really cool hearing them interact with each other. Yes, they did repeat a decent amount. But I, I think the best thing for me between, you know, like Layla and Jacob, for example, is that they had a really interesting mechanic that I don't think fully got fleshed out. But I would love to see them if they either did another one or another company were to pick up. But the more time you spend in the same area fighting vampires, it kind of like raises your camaraderie, like raises your friendship. Mm. And that in turn makes your characters talk more to each other and then also become more like friendly and they have more like kind of casual conversations. So the very first time Layla and Jacob first talk, they're they're not like gruff with each other. They're not upset, but it's very, you know, kind of coldish, one-sided. Standoffish, I think, is the proper way. You know, he'll um, Layla will say something, trying to be nice. Jacob's the cool military guy with the sniper and he's just like, nah, I'd rather not. And then if you know, two hours later, we're sitting there shooting vampires together, Layla says something and Jacob kind of like opens up a little bit and like, maybe he'll chuckle and Layla be like, did you just laugh? So it, it was really cool seeing that. I wish that could have been explored more, especially if you continue to play maybe like the single player parts more and have that introduced. Because like Nick was saying, when you do the cutscenes for the single player, it's like they got worried people wouldn't be playing enough co-op, so they made it that only your character is speaking, and that's what you hear. So even if you're in a co-op mm-hmm. party, if we all go together and we're listening to the same thing, I can like hear it through someone's mic if their TV is loud enough. Jacob is saying roughly the same thing that my Layla is saying, but they're not interacting with each other at all. So I feel like that was 
an opportunity I would love to see explored more. But Layla was fine. Hearing her voice acting was good, especially during the cutscenes. She would occasionally bring in, kind of like how Dev is a cryptozoologist. Layla has an interesting-ish backstory where she was actually experimented on by one of the companies in Redfall, which is why she has those mm. cool ghost powers. She effectively has like part vampire powers, like telepathic okay. powers. She has the uh, the umbrella that blocks bullets. And then she has the uh, elevator that can bounce you and teammates up. You would gotcha. never know that unless I told you. Because right. <laughs> So it's, that's the sad thing there. But then she doesn't really ever bring that up either as you know a reason to be out there fighting. I think it, maybe she touches on it once or twice. But mm-hmm. it's more like you were saying originally, um, you know, I'm the only person that can shoot a gun around here. Let me go take out some people. So yep. they have really good things that are in there. They just did not you know, water those seeds and allow them to flourish. It's like they kind of got scared halfway through, you know, they definitely pulled back on some things as we know from that, uh, that article, there was a lot of kind of back and forth with what should be done. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, so I, I only played this co-op once and it was the time that the three of us played together for a little bit. Uh, so I didn't know about like that camaraderie, (laughs) camaraderie, uh, system. That's pretty cool. Um, it sounds like it's, like you said, just a little half-baked, but like it's a cool idea to have your mm-hmm. characters become more friendly with each other the more they play together. Um, that, that's cool. It's a cool yeah. seed of an idea. So uh, I guess we're, we're talking about gameplay now, so why don't we take a little music break and come back and dive into the gameplay in Redfall. Gameplay in Redfall, I want to get this section started by talking about what it's not, because the first half of my elevator pitch, the elevator pitch that we were all sold, an immersive sim co-op shooter. So I want to talk about that promise that it is an immersive sim with the DNA from past arcane history and stuff. It's not. It is not an immersive sim. Um, The key thing about immersive sims is giving you a a set of tools, a set of items, and a set of problems, uh, and giving you multiple solutions based on the things you have, the abilities you have, the items you pick up to solve those problems. We talked about this in Prey and how fucking awesome it is in Prey. And Deathloop watered it down a little bit, but it was still there in Deathloop. The emergent gameplay is just not here uh, in Redfall. The missions that you go on all basically like whenever there's an important thing that you have to do, they all boil down to, uh, either find a key to get in this room or just like get to this room and the doors open. So you can like turn on a machine or something like that. There's never a, like, you know, you have to get in this room. So here are, you know, three ways to get in. They're all locked off to you, but one of your abilities will get you in or one of your items. It's not, it's just, there's a key somewhere. You got to find that key first. Yeah. There's no way to get in. And um, what it means is that when you are given a problem in Redfall, you cannot solve it creatively. It's just go here, get the key, go there, unlock the door. If you don't find the key, you're never going to get in that room, which is so far removed from the game design in Arcane's past games. 
And this is part of the marketing. I'm not talking about this for no reason. Like they, they told, they promised that it was going to be like this and it's, uh, it's not. Yep. And that's the big thing too, is one of the reasons when I first saw that some of the keys in the world were so like big with giant tags on them. I'm like, why is this so cartoonishly large? Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's because <laughs> half the time you have to find them. One thing that sticks out to me, which I mean, it's not a spoiler because it's more of a side-ish mission, but there's a mission where you have to go to a radio station mm-hmm. and turn something off. And in that radio station, there's a room. And as you mentioned, the room needs a key. And I was like, okay, in another game, if I have a lock pick, you know, what kind of special lock is this where I can't pick the lock? Can't do that yeah. in Redfall. Um, you know, can I maybe go outside and jump in a window that's connected jump to something? Window. Yeah. Can't yeah. do that in Redfall. So I had to look around the entire building for this key, which ends up wasn't hidden, but it was hidden just enough, but it was just yep. downstairs on a table and it had a <laughs> dude, fat tag next to it. And I was like, why can I not? <laughs> yeah, dude, the exact same thing happened to me. I know exactly the mission you're talking about because yeah. I spent a long time looking for that fucking key too. Mm-hmm. And I remember there are windows. So Devinder has this ability that's like um, the teleport from Dishonored, basically. Yeah. You throw a yeah. little teleporter and you teleport to the spot where it lands. And Lots of times in the game, when it's not story important, you can throw that through a second story window and then teleport into the room. Not this one. Um, There's a person in the room and you can bang on the door. You know, some of these games sometimes, oh, I'll, uh, I'll alert the enemy. They'll unlock the door and then I'll kill them and I'll get in there and do my business. The enemy never uh, recognizes that you're there or maybe they do go aggro, but they can't open the door. So it's just, you know. All of that Arcane Studios DNA went missing. And uh, we got that story from Jason Schreier where he said, I think they they lost 70% of their staff throughout the making of Redfall, which certainly um, all that institutional knowledge about how to build out problems and solutions out the door. I mean, maybe a key, you know, people who were there for Prey are still there, some of them, but obviously not enough of them or... Hey, maybe they play tested it. And I want to talk about this a little bit. And they just realized like, this just doesn't work with multiplayer. We can't, can't do this with multiplayer. Mm-hmm. And the saddest part about that is that they're never going to get that talent pool back. Yeah. If like the game developers painting with broad strokes here are generally progressive as it, as progressive as it comes. Mm-hmm. And if those folks either took jobs that were out of state or they moved to California or Colorado or wherever there are other, you know, popular game offices that are going to hire someone with a triple A pedigree. Yeah. It's a hard, hard sell to ask someone to move back to Texas of all places, respectfully to all all of our listeners who do live in Texas. Respectfully. Respectfully. But it's just, it is sad to me because there's, there were so many things that you could, so many different ways you could approach problems and solutions. Again, to make the, the comparison to Prey, I, I apologize. I hope I'm not going to do that too much in this game, but mm-hmm. it, it is relevant because th- them being able to sit down and say, there are immersive sim elements to this. You know, sometimes you'll go into a house and you'll get attacked by a vampire. That's, that's not, that's not immersive or really a sim. <laughs> In any yeah. sense of the idea of like what they were trying to approach here, um, I feel feel like the best time where I felt synergy was when I was playing with Will and another one of our friends together in uh, 
in a game and we were approaching, it was a story mission or we were doing a nest or something like that. And the most fun that I was having was when I had a weapon that suited my, my play style and I was just popping off shots and I was just getting headshot, headshot, headshot. And there were very, very rare moments like that where it does feel technically proficient and good to do that because there's sound design that's baked into that that makes me be like, oh, I did what I was supposed to do every time you do get a headshot. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's nothing, there's nothing interesting about the way that you go solve problems. I think one of the classic things, and I and I hope we're not going to bring this up later in your notes, Dave, but the like there's an entire side mission where one of the characters that's in the firehouse asks you to take a locket and bring it to the grave of their partner, I think, or somebody mm-hmm. some their family member, and you go to the to the graveyard and you place it on top. And then you get the achievement or the achievement or the notification <laughs> that that side mission was finished. There's nothing yeah. beyond that. There's not a vampire that spawns. There's not an interesting piece of lore that you learn about that person. And then you go back and something has changed in the firehouse. There's mm-hmm. so many things that could have happened in that sense. And I think that, I think that's indicative of what this entire experience is of me that, <laughs> that clearly had something. There was an idea that someone had for that side mission that was supposed to tie in to all of the characters in the world as a whole. And it never got completed because the person who started it left and they didn't finish it. And the problem with that is, is that it doesn't matter how many people you rehire. It doesn't matter if you delay a game a year or even two years down the road, like they did with cyberpunk. There's no fixing that in some cases. So it's just, it's, it's a disappointment again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that you brought that up to Nick. Cause one of my favorite parts about that quest that you talked about is that you put the locket on, or I think it's the watch. You put the watch on um, the, the mom's gravestone and then yeah. you get the mission complete. Go back to the firehouse. Right. When you're looking at the watch, it says, you want to steal this? So you're like, Oh, I want to see where this goes. <laughs> you hit the X button, you steal it, you get an achievement. And then nothing else happens. There's nothing of consequence that comes from mm-hmm. stealing the watch off of the, you know, grave of the person who asked you to do it other than the fact that you did it. You can go back to them. They won't make any mention of it. You, <laughs> I wish you could like dangle the watch in their face. I feel like they wouldn't have said a thing. So it's, it's mm-hmm. like you mentioned there, you know, there's a lot of things that were either kind of half done, maybe you're not completed. And then Dave wrote it up at the very beginning. There's just a lot of threads, a lot of threads left open. Mm-hmm. Kind of on that note, like one of the other things that I think Arcane was really, really great at was making buildings and like interior spaces, like living quarters, houses, stuff like that, and making them interesting to explore, giving you treats for exploring, uh, poking around in corners, you know, maybe learning something. And in this game, they had, you know, this is this is a town. It's got like, it's got a museum. It's got libraries. It's got a fire station, movie theater. All of these like interesting places that that could have, you know, little mini stories or interesting interior design. And a lot of times it's not like there's a museum, it's a big building. And in a past arcane game, that would have been like a really fun level to explore and like go in all the rooms and find out what's going on in this museum. And hey, maybe like the the curator turned into a vampire and you're going to get a little mini story about what's going on with them. And in this one, there's, as far as I know, there's one optional side mission that takes you in the museum. You kill a vampire in there and then you never go back there again. And there's no, there's nothing interesting about the layout of the museum either. It's just three floors with a couple of staircases. Mm -hmm. It's just like, there were a couple times when I was going through a mansion or something like that, 
where I was like, this is, it's not close, but it's close enough that I can imagine this in a different arcane game. And I would love exploring this mansion right now. But in Redfall, it's just, you know, along the lines of those side quests, it's just, just not, not done. This is not fully fleshed out. And it's, it's disappointing because again, these two things like designing cool levels and giving you cool ways to solve problems in those levels, that's arcane studios. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in Redfall, it's just not there. It's not enough environmental storytelling skeletons. Uh, yeah. It's not a couple of those things. <laughs> so they got not a couple skeletons of- on the toilet, man. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's there's dead bodies all over the place, but um, so that being said, you know this is not an immersive sim. Um, this is a an online co-op shooter that looks like it might be an immersive sim, but it's not. Mm-hmm. So I I was thinking about this before, and then especially after that Jason Schreier article came out, where uh, a lot of developers that were interviewed said that they had a hard time reconciling immersive sim gameplay which is slow paced right you're yeah. you're sneaking around you're taking the lay of the land you're looking for vents you're you know maybe searching for keys or experimenting with your abilities and how that doesn't jive with online co-op shooter and i was thinking about this like was this just was this idea doomed from the start like could someone figure out a way to make this work yeah, you'd be hard pressed to do that, honestly. Just because I think so, yeah. I, I think about people playing a co-op online game like how an immersive sim should be played, and it just gives me the kind of flashbacks of you know like the older E3 conferences where they would give you that kind of baked. Oh, here's somebody playing, let's say, the Division, for example, and then you have your three friends playing the Division. They're all talking very like, "Hey, I'm gonna go flank this guy around here." Watch my back. Lay down some cover fire. You know, people don't do that in real life. You know, you and your Mm -hmm. friends just kind of zoom off in different directions and shoot the bad guys until they fall over. So it's it's very hard to try to get together that slow pace, that methodicalness. Hey, I have lockpicks. You don't have any lockpicks. How do you open this door? You can't really do that in this game when somebody could, you know, kick the door in or or teleport up into a window. You know, it, it makes it difficult to actually have what makes an immersive sim immersive honestly <laughs> yeah yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna take this opportunity to bag on will for a little bit will <laughs> oh what did i do is the is the kind of guy when you play because don't get me wrong i listeners i love will dearly and i have so much fun when i play games with him uh when they're they're the right games like like ghost of tsushima legends or something like yeah, that fun stuff but when will gets in a game like this he moves and that man does not stop moving he is constantly <laughs> in motion he is kind of, so like for me the way i play our play styles are just completely completely opposed to each other i'm stopping i'm picking up stuff or i'm looking through the menu deciding which gun that i want to get or maybe i'll press x to talk to you know an npc or something like that and meanwhile this man is already like three miles across the map already engaged in a side mission and and that's the and that's the real thing is that, and and that's not really a problem at the end of the day because this is redfall and i can catch up to him and i can probably pop off some shots of some vampires later on too Mm -hmm. but it's like it's that that thing is and that's exactly as you were saying dave when we were talking about it privately the same reason why you don't like playing co-op games is because (laughs) you you do enjoy taking your time and really living and breathing in the world and unfortunately like when you're playing with somebody like 
like like will for wow, all intents and purposes pain. like that's yeah. not something that's an option for you because you want to keep up with him because playing with will is good for you because he's going to keep you alive and he's going to resurrect you when you get one-shotted by a vampire that you didn't see that just decided to teleport behind you and just absolutely just wreck your your character yeah um and so i think that's that's really the the issue this game has i think like a uh, kind of along those lines like i i think that it's like theoretically possible to design these like really complex problems where your team would have to work together to solve them. But yeah, like thinking about like, if they just made like a, a prey level where like you have to get past this obstacle and there's three options to get past it. One of your group, if you're playing co-op, someone's going to have one of those options. You might even have all three on your team. So what's the problem really? It's just figuring out like, Oh, there's a computer that needs to be hacked. Okay, Will's the hacking guy. Go hack the computer and we're in. It's not really like intellectually stimulating, I don't think, to to have True. that. So you would have to have like you'd have to have them be more complex for co-op. But then you would probably alienate single player people like me where you, I come up to this thing that's meant to be solved by three people, like three adults. And I come up to it by myself and I'm like, what the fuck am I supposed to do here? (laughs) So I I just don't think that, like, I almost think that this isn't worth attempting. And I'm, if someone pulls it off in the future, I'll be very happy to be proven wrong. And it might be the game that I end up playing co-op because I famously hate playing games co-op. I only played with you two because I like you two. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And (laughs) because we're going to talk about the game on the podcast and I wanted to try the co-op to talk about on the podcast, but like there's a reason I didn't play co-op with anyone else after that. I just went through the game myself, mm-hmm. but I, I just don't think that these styles are compatible. And uh, evidently the developers at arcane felt the same way. Yep. That was a, was definitely sharp reading that in the article. And I was like <laughs> hearing someone say, wow, I'm glad we got bought. I hope this gets canceled. And I was oh like, that God, is, yeah, that is jarring to hear that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Can can you imagine being the developer at Arcane Studios and like you you have this like list of tasks in your outlook and like you have to get through and you're like, damn, I don't want to go into work. To-. Imagine being the person who got hired at Arcane and then you're told you're making an open world co-op shooter mm-hmm. and you realize you're waking up every day and you don't want to go to work anymore. What a failure that is on both Zenimax as well as Xbox Game Studios leadership to realize that you have people in in these positions and you have this lack of oversight that the lack of QA the fact that this game released the way it did and according to all of Xbox's internal metrics as Phil Spencer said this was supposed to be a hit it's just I I don't see like there's something that's not connecting or not adding up for me like where is the surprise coming from for anybody because if you just took a day or a minute to talk to anyone who was working at the studio to be like, what do you think about this game? They would tell you it's, it's it's garbage. It's trash. We need to scrap it because we need to cut our losses and try something else. Cause this is not what's going to represent either arcane or Xbox. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. incompatible as a whole. I, I, I agree. And it's, it's kind of a doomed idea from the start. But again, that's how they marketed. They they made heavy use of Arcane Studios history in the marketing. So yeah. this this isn't just us making shit up to be mad about, you know. Yeah. This is expectations that they set. Would you go so far to say as it's exploitative, Dave? Uh 
I mean, I, I think it's dishonest at the very least. Like they, yep. they know that this isn't an immersive sim. They knew that shit. So yeah, I mean, if you want to be like, you know, technically correct. Yeah. Look back in the past and find things that this game has in common with dishonored and, and death loop and pray and stuff like that. But the, what the expectation that you're putting in people's heads is not what happened. Yeah, I didn't plug zero, four, five, one, anything. I think yes, I climbed in exactly. one or two vaults, like one or two vents. So I was like, it's just, it wasn't really hitting anywhere near where it's supposed to be. Stealth for me has always been a big part, even like yeah. the, the small immersive sims. I'm not going to act like I'm an immersive sim, you know, guru, but stealth has always been a big part because that's always one of your options. You don't have to fight everything. Go yeah. through and, and be stealthy, whether you're killing or not killing stealth wise. And stealth in this game is terrible on both ends. Yeah. The, all you can do is sneak around and, you know, crouch i think jacob has the most he can go invisible like that's cool but yeah. aside from that your other characters have no stealth options and then when you do get behind a cultist for example because they're the only enemies that can really be one shot with a stealth move you pull up behind someone you go to hit the melee button expecting you know it's 2023 what are what's a normal stealth knockout look like do you grab someone by the neck do you stab them with something and they flop yeah. over like it's halo 2 yeah, no, it's like you, I can't you just, believe you just punch you just punch them in the back and they yeah. fall down, yeah. uh, knocked out. Like they not down. even like a a knock over the head animation or something. Just nothing. Your regular melee attack just into their back, and it's coded that they they didn't rec- they didn't realize you were there, so they just fall down limp. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> goodness. They must have done the best they could with what they had at the time because it's like that's something that's so easy and so simple and circling back to around to like what I was saying that's been in their other games like yeah. assassination animations. I mean, there's there's that's simple. That's by the numbers. Yeah. That's there's, three minutes in a death loop. Yeah, yeah, there's mantling. There's mantling mechanics that you can put in here in, in your games that is like Halo. It makes Halo Infinite look like it's infinitely way better Oof, as a, oof, as a uh, cooperative I'm sorry I take that back I take that back cut <laughs> that out to. Dave. he had to <laughs> I had to do it no I uh yeah it's just like the missed opportunities here on a very basic level are are a little bit little bit sad to me and something that will was talking about and I think you also mentioned too Dave is that like I'm so curious as if they actually put money into supporting this game for a year plus i'm so curious as to like what this game is going to look like six months to a year from now if it's still on game pass if it's still you know active Um, because i'm curious if they if like if they're going to put in everything that should have been from the start and if it's a completely different experience honestly like are they going to take this time to like redesign the levels and like how the quests work? Nope. I don't think that's so. That's the thing. Nope. That's the thing. They're not, they won't. They're just, they, they would, you know, they'd fix technical problems because this game does have technical problems. Um, they can work on, you know, putting in new enemies, new seasonal content, mm-hmm. you know, DLC quests and stuff like that. But like, yeah, the heart of this game is not going to change. And the heart right. is where my biggest problems are at. Like, yep. you know, if if there's a a story that I don't care about, but like the moment to moment gameplay is like incredible, then I I'll be fine with that. But that's not that's not what this game is. So you know yeah. another another year of updates post launch, I don't think is going to change the biggest issues. Hmm. What do you think, yeah. Will? Yeah, I don't see this as a, a no man's sky situation where it comes out to a lot of booze and then you know a year or two later people actually enjoy it. I Dave, you, you talk about it there, you know. And I, I was trying to be nice, but maybe I shouldn't have been so nice when I first 
talked about it with the elevator pitch. I was like, this game needs a lot more baking. And I was like, ultimately, no amount of baking is going to make this cake edible. Like there are just parts of the game encoded that I think you can't fix. There are just incredibly repetitive side missions and adding on more side missions aren't going to make them better. You know, they, they need variety. Mm. They need diversity there. Um, they have issues we talked about there with those missions. We, I, I don't know if we necessarily brought it up, but that mission you talked about, Nick, with putting the locket on the grave and completing it, that's considered one of the main missions. It's like, I don't think you have to beat it in order <laughs> to progress. A side mission? Yeah, like, I don't think you have to oh. beat it in order to progress into the world, but it's on, like, the wall of main missions, and it's like an offshoot. And you, yeah. you know, and there's additional missions in that same chain, one of which is, and I think it's the very next one, thank you for doing that for me. Go find my car in town. There's something for you. You go there, mm -hmm. you pull out, like, a green level shotgun, no matter what your level is, it's like a green shotgun. Mission complete. It's you go there, you grab a thing, you don't technically have to fight anybody, and then it's done. So it's there are things in this game that honestly I think can't be fixed in a year or two. It would have to be, hey, check Redfall 2, maybe it'll come out a little bit tighter. So we've talked about what Redfall is not. Now we'll talk about what Redfall is. So Redfall is an always online shooter, first person shooter. Uh, even if you're playing solo, it's always online, which means you can't pause the game for no fucking reason. So <laughs> that sucks. Um, I had less trouble. I have less trouble playing from software games that you can't pause than I did playing Redfall when you can't pause. Because at least in From Software, when you clear out an area, that area is clear forever until you rest. Not in Redfall. So that sucked. Um, <laughs> so it's first-person shooter. I guess we'll talk about the shooting. First of all, uh, it has every gun that you would expect from a first-person shooter. And then it has a couple of like cool vampire-specific types of guns. There's like a UV beam gun. There's a stake launcher where... Um, you can find stuff around the world that serves as steak ammo, which is kind of cool. That was cool, um, yeah. Kind of like, uh, you know, Fallout had one of those guns where you could, like, pick up and shoot random objects around or, like, load objects as your ammo. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, I, I like the idea of some creative guns since you are fighting vampires most of the time. And um, I don't know how you all felt. I thought the guns felt, like, pretty good, uh, at least yeah. by arcane standards. Pretty good. Yeah, I think for me, Arcane Standards is definitely like the level at, you know, I've played a little bit of Deathloop. I played Prey, obviously, and I feel like they're pretty much on par there. If you get into an Arcane game, you know, you're not expecting the snappiest shooting, um, but it should be serviceable. I felt like here, it it was mostly serviceable. For me, at least, I did have to tweak some of the settings. There yeah. was somebody online who was like, hey, if you're playing Redfall, take this all the way to zero and then like turn this off. And when I did that, the shooting felt significantly better. To help with yeah. the um, the aiming, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Because it was very slow, very muddy when I first started. It's kind of like what Nick was saying. Like you aim down sights when you first start and you're just like, ew. <laughs> so that definitely <laughs> yeah. helped that a little bit, adjusting those settings. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the, the gun mechanics in this game are, it's so strange to me because 
as you get a little bit higher level, as you gain more weaponry in your arsenal, um, and as you get, you know, the higher level guns, the better they do feel. Uh, but when you start this game, it's like, for lack of a better word, gross when you, when you do get in there, exactly like Will said, ew. Um, it's, it's this weird thing where it's like the, every game that's a shooter, you, you know that it's a shooter because it feels like a shooter because you feel like every time you pull a trigger, there's a slight vibration in the controller that corresponds with a sound cue that corresponds with actual like reticle movement on the screen. Maybe there's a little bit of aim assist. Maybe there's some adjustments that you're making as you're moving. Um, that's either not here in prey or it was done completely backwards because it made me because because that's literally i was trying to do things that i've done a million times in any other first person shooter i was trying to do things that i did in prey and it just felt infinitely better to shoot a, a pistol in prey than it does here to, to do it in, in redfall and it just i i think that it's it's one of those things where there were like guns that i favorite that i i realized oh these are just not my guns in this game and there were guns that i eventually got my hands on whether it was an assault rifle or a certain sniper rifles where i was like okay now now we're actually doing something here now i can get some gameplay going i can actually work my way through some of these enemy groups and the the encampments that they have scattered mm-hmm. sparsely throughout the maps and so there were there were certain weapons there uh the weirdest part again too is like as will is saying is that the weapons that you should get from these games the weapons drops that you get from like big enemies or like important enemies like the rook for example or from you know actual story bosses they should be higher level than the guns that you already have they even if they're not in a higher tier or higher class they should at least be buffed with better things and a better i guess uh actual attachments and stats than the guns that you currently have and half the time that was never the case yeah. and i was like why did why did i even kill that that big boss why did i even kill the angler if i'm just going to be given a, a green pistol a, a, a gray pistol for all yeah. intents and purposes mm-hmm. the guns you get are they're tiered and they're leveled and they have their own like stat bonuses but like Nick said, this is one of those games where like, no matter how you got that weapon, whether you killed a story boss, you might even kill the final boss. The game that you got, the, the weapon that you got is going to be replaced in a half hour or less. So who gives a shit? Mm-hmm. I'm just going to pick the gun that has the best like DPS basically. And I'm just going to roll with that. They have yeah. these bonus stats on them that are like, they get into this like real dumbass video game territory where it's like this gun has plus eight percent accuracy. This gun has plus ten percent accuracy. I'm like, okay, cool. I don't even know what that means, by the <laughs> Is way. There a difference? But cool. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you're picking up all these things, and it's basically just like, okay, do I have one that's like purple at a decent level? I'll just roll with that. And in in 20 minutes, I'm going to pick up a better one. I'm going to throw this shit away, and I'll never think about it again. And I found myself, despite thinking like, it's cool that we have a stake launcher. It's cool. We have a UV beam. I still found myself just being like, okay, shotgun, sniper rifle, assault rifle from time to time. The go-to. Those those new guns aren't very good. It's cool that they had the idea, but they're not fun. I never used any of the alternative ones because we were moving around the world. And again, again, a failure of tutorialization or actually explaining things to the character as you're going throughout the world, at least a couple of times without being obtrusive to the gaming experiences. As Will and I are running throughout the map, there are these um, 
kind of I don't know if they're actual like beings or if they're just little bags of blood, but there are these uh, objects like that mist. look like little bloody like globules that are attached mm-hmm. to the ground and they spew out red mist. And for the longest time, I was just running through the red mist and just Same. taking the HP loss and just being like, oh, that sucks. There's no yeah. way around this. <laughs> and I was like, well, what do the UV rays actually do? He was like, you know, those, the red mist things that he, they, they kill those. And I was like, what? Why didn't anybody tell me this? Why did it? Mm-hmm. And maybe they did at some point and maybe I glossed over or maybe it was a note that was lying on the ground that I refused to pick up. But regardless, it was a, is a failure on, on a lot of fronts in terms of actually teaching you how to play the game. Um, that like they're not incentivizing you to try alternative styles of combat, whether it's with the UV ray or the stake launcher. Um, on a different note though, and on a positive note, I will say that I thought that the unique weapons, because as you get higher level and you get into the, like, the legendary territory with like the orange weapons or the exotics, as Destiny players would call them, mm-hmm. the the design of some of those guns are pretty cool. Like I yeah. had one mm-hmm. sniper rifle that looked like it was uh, encrusted in like bones or skeletons yeah, yeah. of like yeah. these creatures. And so some some of those are pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool for sure. Um, there's two kinds of enemies in Redfall. There's humans, and then there are vampires. I guess there's three kinds, but the other ones are uh, not really worth discussing all that much. The humans uh, are just basic like dudes with guns all the time. Yep. They are uh, really easy. Uh, one thing I, I do like about the the gameplay in this is that these basic enemies go down really quickly, which... Yeah just would have sucked so much if it was like every enemy is a bullet sponge would have been awful, but they don't, they go down easy. And uh, the other thing that makes them easy is that they have like zero intelligence whatsoever. Oh, the AI is so bad. (laughs) This is something people talked about in death loop. And I agree, but the enemies in death loop felt much smarter than the, the enemies in Redfall. Really? And it's maybe just because you're fighting outside in these big open spaces. So like they're, AI to just run straight at you is, or just like even stand outside of shooting range and shoot at you. Like you'll have a dude with a shotgun who's standing like a hundred yards away, just shooting his bullets can't reach you because the, they don't have like the stat video for game range. Logic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Video game logic says that shotgun bullets stop after 30 meters, exactly. but um, that's what's happening. He's just standing there shooting, not getting any closer you can just kind of sit and just watch. There's clips of this happening. Um, they're real fucking stupid. And it's yeah. like the game's idea of creating combat encounter difficulty is also just like, hey, what if there were 30 of these guys instead mm-hmm. of five? So yeah. that just gets compounded when they're all just fucking stupid. Yeah, they just ratchet up the amount of enemies. That and mm-hmm. like as you get stronger... There is kind of a hidden stat that the enemies level up alongside you. So you never truly get that, hey, I feel like I'm significantly stronger feel because as you get better guns and as you get leveled up, they do the same thing. So towards the end of the game, they're sending a bunch of enemies at you. And then while the AI is still brain dead, they do a bunch of damage. So I remember running around. I'm like, okay, I'm going to shoot these guys. Somebody like snaps, turns, 180, no scopes me in the forehead, takes 75% of my health. And I was like, oh, this is not great. (laughs) This is not fun. Yeah, I I wrote down here that like the first half of this uh, game is extremely easy. Like one of Mm -hmm. the easiest games I've ever played. The second half of this game, everything's fucking John Wick. Just shooting you from off screen, 
uh, doing tons of damage and there's 30 of them. And so like, there's some things I'll talk about later that I think are cooler in the second half of the game. The combat was not one of those things. Agreed. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the combat so lacking on so many levels, the, the, like the enemy AI and Redfall make the Bacoblins and Tears of the Kingdom look like Albert Einstein by comparison. Do they do? Yeah. They, it's it's <laughs> unreal what there are. And it's, and it's not even just how the enemy AI work. Like they'll even say, flank him from the side. And they're all just standing in a straight line across yep. each other. You can just go <laughs> boom, 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 headshot across. Or uh, alternatively, the, the weird thing is, is like, it's almost like there's this disconnect between the level design, even on main story missions, uh with with the enemy ai because there were there were times there was one level and i don't know if you remember which one this was will but it's like you have to go and it's later on in the first map and you have to go into this warehouse to go stop a transmission or something along those lines Mm -hmm. and i went in and i went stealthily and i went I, i don't know if we did this together or not but i went by myself i believe this time around and i infiltrated the base i didn't go all throughout the base but i like one by one used my sniper rifle as Jacob and picked them off from afar. And then when I got into the space where I was supposed to go shut things down, the queue, I got to where I needed to be, but the queue and the, the marker for to press X or press whatever button command it was to trigger that action for me to complete or mark the mission as done didn't pop up mm-hmm. because there was a stray enemy AI on this entire other side of the facility that was walking around in circles or like, you know, stuttering <laughs> into a corner. And I was just like, that's what's stopping me from doing this. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, just, it's, it, yeah, it's a head scratcher. Yeah. It's, um, kind of along those lines of like technical issues. Uh, there's the enemy AI is a problem. Like you said, a lot of times, uh, you won't be able to finish your mission and it's because you're supposed to kill everybody that was around and you just can't find that person. And they, they did not know that there was a big gunfight happening outside, yep. right? <laughs> yeah. They're just chilling. <laughs> they didn't come running. They did not yeah. come running. So the other type of enemies are the vampires, which is what we're here for, right? We're not here mm-hmm. to kill yeah. cultists. We're here for vampires, right? Exactly. Yeah. And I, I'll kick it to you. What do you, what do you guys have to say about the vampires in Redfall? I thought the designs were initially cool. I mean, mm-hmm. it does kind of get old when you see them, especially because the more I look, like you know, I played once again, 40 hours. Yeah, there's only so many designs. Like you can see the same yeah. three or four vampire like skins over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, they say the generic, you know, bad guys. I'll drink your blood. I'll suck you dry. I can't uh-huh. wait to taste your blood. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I get it. All right, uh-huh. you're vampires. <laughs> but it's uh, it's just, it's a lot. The, the normal vampires are not very difficult, just like the human AI. You step to the left, they miss their swipe every single time. So you can mm-hmm. just walk in a circle and kill a standard vampire. Um, like you mentioned before, they do the same exact thing later on. How do we make this more difficult? Here's 10 vampires in a room. Have fun. Yep. So then that's when you would break out, you know, like the stake gun launcher, or that's when you break out the uh, UV ray light, because then that freezes them and you can punch them. Or the stake gun generally kills a standard vampire, no matter what the difficulty is and the time Mm -hmm. in like one hit. Um, But up until that point, you never need to use those guns. So you're like, I have no idea why these are popping up in level one, two, and three when a shotgun works just as well. But I like those vampires. And then the specialty vampires, I think, are also pretty good looking. I already mentioned the angler visually. Um, but all of them visually look very cool. Um, I mm-hmm. don't know if you had a particular one, Nick, that you like liked out of the the special vampires. 
Um, I thought the one that was most interesting and annoying all at the same time was the, and I don't know if it's the angler where they have the shield. It's like a, like an energy shield that's rotating around them. And so you have to constantly be moving and sidestepping in order to like get your shots off into there to whittle their health down. But they all also suck your life out of you. Is that, do you, do you remember yeah, that well, type? Yeah, the shield thing is just a random thing that happens on any of the yeah. special vampires. What? Right? Which that's is not super a vampire annoying. power? No, it's complete oh. RNG. <laughs> but the, yeah. I think you're talking about the leech, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, is the one I that like that, sucks you. I think that's what it was from yeah. far away which is horrible that is the yeah. worst one <laughs> it's, oh, it's there's, bad. there's it's that bad. one there's the one that can just like grab you and like tractor beam you in and you yep. can't the angler the you worst. can't yeah. avoid it it's just like yeah. if they grab you and they're gonna grab you you're gonna get hit for a bunch of damage like or it's like if they grab you and you react within half a second and shoot them they'll drop you but good good luck aiming and shooting in half a <laughs> in, second in red not red <laughs> exactly exactly yeah. Well, one thing I will say, a, a, another note to kind of be a, generally a minorly more positive on my yeah. experience is that I thought that the vampire's sound design was kind of spooky. Like Will says, yeah, mm-hmm. they have kind of like similar voice lines that are repeated over and over. And I am a more easily startled person by nature. But there were times where it was nighttime and I'm running around the first map um, in the in the little residential area and I'm running around and you hear like a minor sound here like a you, you, you. And then all of a sudden you hear like the voice of the vampire kind of like booms through your headphones or your speakers and, you know, they have their modulated, um, you know, voice that's the vocoder that's been put over the voice actor that's doing the work for them um mm-hmm. and i i found several times where i wasn't expecting it and i got startled and i was like oh that's a good thing this game is starting to surprise me uh those moments are just too far you know they're too few between those moments that actually to make it kind of more of an integrative experience you don't get scared later on in the game when you see a vampire anymore mm-hmm. those mm-hmm. are those are just one-off time experiences for me yeah so i'm glad you brought that up I remember in one of the um one of the gameplay trailers for Redfall they showed the character sneaking through a really dark house and there's a vampire creeping around in there and I was like oh shit like this might be immersive sim you know stealth and it's yeah. just like a very selective clip uh yeah very good exactly. marketing <laughs> whoever made that trailer they they earned their money they but did. <laughs> um it's it's really frustrating fighting these vampires and especially later, like you said, you don't get scared when you find a vampire, you get annoyed or like, ah, uh, mm-hmm. all right. Again, Look, there's, <laughs> uh, there's 12 of them. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. So I guess I'm, I guess I'm going to like try to like tell, I had my teleporter power. So it's like, okay, I'm just going to try and teleport past all these things. So creative problem solving. There we go. Yeah. Did you find yourself dying a lot in those situations where they're throwing multiple vampires at you? Oh, I found myself dying uh, often whenever I was fighting any large mix of vampires and people uh, because like vampires are the priority because they can kill you in like two hits. But later in the game, the people can also kill you in two hits. So I found myself really using that teleporter power to just escape, Mm -hmm. basically. Or like... All right, there's a bunch of people guarding the entrance. Like, I'll try and teleport up on the roof. There's never a secret door on the roof, unlike other arcane games. But what I can do is drop down to the side and then, like, try and sneak in behind them or something like that. Like, yeah. it's just it's just not fun to fight them 
The vampire's movesets are too limited to really get anything out. The basic ones have like a ranged attack and they have their claw swipe and that's it. Like Will said, you fight like 10 of them, you'll never get hit by another one again. You you got it. Um, the other ones that come up, the other special types, they have attacks that I think are cheap and unavoidable, which mm-hmm. is bullshit. And um, we already talked about how later in the game they uh, create difficulty by asking the question, what if there were 17 vampires? So that's <laughs> yeah. also cheap. There's also another type called the Rook, which gets introduced a little ways into the game. Where as you complete missions or kill vampires or do anything good, basically, mm-hmm. a meter fills up. And then when the meter fills up, a lightning storm starts. It's a cool aesthetic. It's like this red lightning storm. It's awesome. And then this super powerful vampire comes down and you have to fight it. Uh, and the the thing ends when you die or it dies. Yeah. The, my problem with this, I hate this. Um, it, it punishes you for playing the game by yeah. giving you an unfun boss fight. So... Pretty soon into it, as soon as the rook spawned, I just let it kill me. And then I was like, okay, back on with my business. I'm not getting anything good for killing it. So fuck it. Why would I, why would I try? Yeah. Because there's no way to avoid it. Doing main missions fills the bar up. Yeah. Killing special vampires that assault you fills the bar up. Like you said, yeah. you're, you're, you do feel like you're being punished for just playing the game normally. Um, mm-hmm. And then, like you say, as far as dying, that's generally the better alternative. Either you sit there and you shoot it for a little bit. If you're with friends, you can kill the rook in like five seconds. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, if you may be solo, depending on how you kind of build a setup. Layla generally did not have anything on hand to kill a vampire like the rook very quickly. Um, while Dev can, you know, like use his ultimate or Jacob can use his ultimate and get in mm-hmm. some good damage. Right. But right, even yeah. if you die, it there's no consequences to dying in Redfall. Mm-hmm. You lose 10% of your money. What do you spend yeah. your money on in this game other than Absolutely. the occasional that's health pack and ammo? That's it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, health packs and ammo for yeah, sure. It. It, you know what's what's crazy, uh, and you're probably gonna cringe when you when you hear this, uh, Dave. But I will say that my battles, I kind of liked the rooks because mm-hmm. as a Jacob player, the rooks were really really easy because whenever they spawned it on the map, all I would need to do is just pop my ultimate, and it took two shots to the head of the rook to kill it while I was in my ultimate mode. And and Jacob has this cool ultimate where he goes into this kind of spirit form and you, he gets like the spirit sniper rifle. And all you need to do okay. is just press left trigger to aim down sights and it auto aims to that character's head who's in the nearby vicinity. Um, and it does super powerful damage and it's got like mm-hmm. five rounds in it. Um, yeah, three rounds, two or three rounds, and that the rook is dead as as Jacob. And so I was like, oh, yeah, that's kind of cool. They make me feel powerful. Well, they make me feel like incentivized for saving my ultimate for an actual mm-hmm. bigger, more heavier boss experience. Mm-hmm. But I can imagine when you have like different ultimates like Layla with the balloon or Devender. I don't know what Devender's ultimate. Devender puts end. down like a big uh, UV ray, basically, that really? petrifies vampires. It doesn't okay. petrify the rook, uh, or at least it like. It just does damage, yeah. It just does damage i think yeah Yeah. so it's like almost yeah they they they're imagining that you're with they're designing everything assuming you have three other people that you're in the game with and that's it and that's so frustrating yeah it's and and, um the other thing with the rook is and it goes along with bad ai the vampires have bad ai too they just like they have better movement they zip around they teleport and stuff so you don't notice it as much um I think it was in Skillup's review of Redfall. He showed that if you just jump on a car, the rook can't touch you. The no rook has, way. 
it, it will just run. It will try to run at you, but it will just run into the bumper of the car and just kind of, you know, run in place while you shoot it. And it's yes, the pathing. I rough. tested it in my game and it totally works. Oh, that's insane. And in something kind of to critique the direction of where they were going with this game is that like you hear it constantly and you see it constantly because every time your meter fills up it says the vampire gods are watching yeah and that's such a letdown because on so many levels because (laughs) i'm not to get into story spoilers but all i'll say is that 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 line is a lie and the idea of like calling the vampire gods like gods is so misleading from a story standpoint because these people like even the vampires among themselves like you never hear them talking amongst each other or you never get an idea of like what the culture of this vampire cult community is like as you even progress into the game but it would have been cool if they use the rook as this like linchpin for a moment or if they tried to do something weird or strange or different in those circumstances where the rook spawns in and then he like doesn't immediately he like starts talking to you like what are you doing why are you like maybe trying to reason with you and i'm 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 like already like making up excuses slash like design for arcane as we're getting in these situations but this these are the kind of things that i would have liked to see feed into both the narrative and the gameplay together that would have just been so much more interesting and in my opinion easier than what they were trying to do well the rook to me feels like a way for them to especially if you're playing co-op it just feels like a way for them to throw a wrench in your plan for a second and just give you a difficult enemy that you know oh shit like uh we're almost done with this mission but the rook spawned in oh no like that kind of thing (laughs) Yeah. yeah because um when you're playing solo the game i i i'll say it this way I think the game is tuned for solo play. And when you play multiplayer, it is not, the difficulty is not upscaled, at least in my oh, experience with you guys. Not at all. Quite the opposite. The game is a fucking cakewalk when you're playing multiplayer. Yep. And when you're playing solo, there is some some challenge, even if I don't like, even if I don't respect the ways that they create that challenge, there is challenge. When we play co-op, like, no one even came close to dying, right? Nope. Like someone got no, down like easy. maybe one or two times and maybe it was like their fault. Like they blew something up next to them or something like that. Like the cars that have like GTA three explosions where at one moment they're fine. Then they just pop like there's yeah. no smoke or anything. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like so shit like that. So it makes me think that the Rook is like they were play testing and they're like, oh, this game is really fucking easy. No one's having any trouble. We need to introduce some kind of unpredictable factor. So the Rook, but the Rook never changes. It becomes just as predictable as everything else. Yeah. Which is really weird, especially too, towards the very end of the game we'll talk about later when it's like they had the options to make the Rook different, you know, depending on when you fight them. Mm -hmm. I just don't know why they waited until the very, very end to be like, oh, by the way, we could do this. I'm like, you could have done this the whole time. (laughs) It would have been interesting. You don't know what you're going to fight, but. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But kind of uh, along the lines of what Nick said, that like the vampire gods are watching. It would have been interesting to have more consequences for your actions other than just a rook spawning every now and then. Cause you're single-handedly taking down this vampire organization here. Like you're taking yeah. down the cult, you're taking down the leaders, everything. And the most that happens, even though quote unquote, the vampire gods are watching you is this rook spawns in, you know, maybe it spawned in like, 15 times during my my playthrough 
and I just let it kill me. And then it's all is forgiven, I guess. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, you let it kill you. And it's, and it's so weird too, that whenever you're playing solo, there there's never an illusion or there's never a moment where they're referencing the alternate characters that you have as playable characters in oh, that no. game because it's so hilarious to me to imagine that just one dude who's got a little bit of special vampire powers is supposed to topple this entire like vampire hegemony who's like taken over the area mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. of redfall and so i just I, I find that amusing and uh hilarious all at the same time yeah because still in the combat, though, to try to give it like a little, a little something, a little something positive. Once again, this is not an immersive sim, but there are some systems in place that kind of do work. It's, it's not technically in tandem, but they work against each other in a good way. So mm-hmm. there are, you know, different sects of humans. They're the cultists, but there's also a paramilitary group that's been sent on to Redfall. And they bring right. it up very early into the story. They don't generally talk about them a lot more, but you do fight them repeatedly throughout the story. And you can come across times when the paramilitary groups are fighting the vampires or they're fighting the cultists. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of sit back. So it's not that the game is always waiting for you to show up, like show dressing, and then they're like, all right, get in, get into character, the, the enemies, yep. <laughs> uh, the player characters here. You know, yeah. you'll come yeah. around a corner and seeing them fighting and you can just watch and see how it plays out. Um, obviously, for the most part, vampire is going to beat out the humans but it's interesting to know that there is something there systems wise that can kind of work together and just you know hoping that that could be expanded mm-hmm. in later you know acts uh later games etc yeah yeah it is it is pretty cool to um kind of you can uh you can also like if there's two enemy groups near each other but they're not fighting you can manipulate them into fighting each other which is cool. Like, you know, I like that, mm-hmm. but it, it's a very specific situation. It's not something you can count on doing. Right. Exactly. So one other thing about playing multiplayer, which just like for me personally killed a lot of like the illusion of, you know, things that are happening that like the player assumes are happening, but you, you don't like, uh, you don't maybe don't see it. So, Maybe that's not a great way of explaining. Um, for example, when you when you hit a vampire a bunch, it will go into like a down state and you have to run over and do a, a quick button press to drive a stake into it to kill it. Um, or there's other ways to do it. If you have anything that can shoot fire, that will take care of it. Mm-hmm. But most often you're doing the stakes. The stakes are um, kind of attached to your weapons. So you don't have to like pull out a different weapon most of the time. Sometimes you do. Uh, But when you do that, there's an animation that plays your character will like, you know, do this gruesome thing. They'll fucking stab them through the chest. They'll, they'll they'll stomp on them on the ground and stuff. But if you're playing multiplayer and your friend does that, they don't do the animation. They just kind of like stand there while the vampire dies. Mm -hmm. And it's really immersion breaking and I don't know why, can, why can you not see this animation play out from the third person? It doesn't make any sense to me other than they just didn't make the animation to play out. They didn't have time. They didn't yeah. have time. Yeah. 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 So it's, it, it's another one of these things where like, it would have been cool if I turn over and I fucking, I see Nick like driving a stake into a vampire's heart while it like thrashes around and screams and shit. But it's just Nick's just standing there and then the vampire turns into dust, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's that same kind of level too. Like you know, even when you're doing it yourself in that first person and they are pretty cool, even though there's only like three or four animations for it. But mm-hmm. 
very quickly you realize it doesn't matter which way you're stabbing the enemy you're going to get a forward facing animation i came up behind one that <laughs> yes. i shot and i was like oh man i'm going to stab him through the back and it's going to be cool and he just does a 180 spin then you stab him in the front i'm like wait a minute no <laughs> well, that was helpful thank, <laughs> they did, thanks buddy they, they didn't have the animations <laughs> yeah Will, yeah. do you want to tell him about what happened to With us the boss? on the final level? <laughs> yeah, tell him about the final yeah. boss. Because I was trying to remember, I don't think it was the final, I think it was the first boss, uh, the the first one you come across, but you, I, you know, I had beat the boss before, I came back, I was playing with Nick, we beat the boss, and I was like, all right, you get to stab the boss, of course, as the vampire god, you know, you get to do the final knock onto it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to sit back and watch you do it. On his screen, he's seeing the cool animation of you, you know, taking out the enemy. On my side, very much like what you're saying, Dave, it's him standing in front of this big vampire enemy, and then they slide through the floor. Like, you don't even get, like, you don't get the powder, you don't get him disappearing. The big boss just kind of slides through the ground, no clips. And I was like, yep, that's Redfall. <laughs> yep. Congratulations. He sent, yeah, he sent me a clip of that, and I was like, this is unacceptable. Yeah. That is not something that should ship in a in a first-party studio for game. For $70. Just, it's for $70. Imagine, yeah. imagine being the person who doesn't pay attention to the video games industry at all, and you see this cool-looking game called Redfall on the Steam storefront, and uh, and you're not you're not paying for Xbox Game Pass and some for some weird reason that you're not doing that and you're like oh yeah i like arcane games let me go ahead and buy this and you play it and that's what you get oh that's like and that's the only time that that's imagine redfall being the only exposure that people have to arcane uh, they'd never yeah. they they'd never go back and try any of the other ones because mm-hmm. part of the reason that that they did this or why you know i had a theory that this was arcane trying to make some money for once because as much as yeah. you know, as much as I love the Dishonored series and I love the two Prey games, and I thought Deathloop was pretty fucking good too, no one buys those games. They don't sell. No. Prey is consistently one of these like, uh, you know, these hidden gems that like everyone who played it won't shut the fuck up about it, myself included. But like, <laughs> it it for sure sold like you know a million copies tops, right? Yeah, most. No one buys these games. So it was like, okay, Arcane's trying to make some money. They're going to do an online shooter. That's a it's a way to get more people interested in in your game is to make a, a more mainstream type of thing. And it just it's just awful. And uh to read in the reports that there were like microtransactions planned from day one for the game that eventually got scrapped. It's just it really paints a dire picture and like We've been talking about it. I think it's a good time to get into some final thoughts before uh, the spoiler section. Who like trying to think about who would you recommend Redfall to? And it's it's sure as shit not someone who's new to Arcane Studios. Mm-mm. Absolutely not, because you'll never play another one of their games again. You'll move yeah. on to literally anyone else making this type of game. Like I'd rather play any number of these, you know, Borderlands or Back for Blood or fucking (laughs) yes any of those other games that i ignored when they came out because i don't i don't like this kind of game but i bet they're better than this yeah more proficient more technically technically impressive than this yeah so so who would you recommend redfall to if anyone is there a group or is this just a flat out like fucking play something else yeah, you should play something else. I, yeah, I, I do not feel comfortable. I don't feel comfortable recommending this game. As someone who's sunk 42 hours of their life into this game, I I can't think of a single person. I'd be like, no, you would love this. It's 
it's too hard. It's too hard to think of that person. I would say that the only reason why I would tell someone to pay for this game or to to experience it or actually give it a click and a download on Xbox Game Pass is if they are such diehard Arcane Studio fans and they want to support the company and they believe that the money that they're going to put into Redfall at this point will go on to support a future project or their next title that is going to have maybe potentially a better outcome than Redfall. If that's the mindset that you're in and you are an unabashed arcane fan, I'd say try out Redfall knowing what it is and then just like hope for the best for next time. But other than that, there's literally nobody out there that I can, you know, honestly recommend this to. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you. Like, it's a really romantic thing to say to be like, you know, I love this. I love this developer. I love these group of game designers. I want to support them by buying their game, uh, even if I don't know if it's, even if I think it's going to be bad. Even if all three of us have basically been taking it to task for the past hour and a half. But like, I don't know, man. I, I don't. I wouldn't even say that. Like, I would say really the only reason to play this is if if you have Game Pass and you have friends with Game Pass and you've already played a bunch of other games and you're looking for something else, then yeah, sure. Like I, I wrote in the notes, only the power of friendship can save Redfall, basically. Because <laughs> like there's nothing about the game that's gonna do it for you, I don't think. And again, right. like this it hurts me to say this. This is one of my favorite game developers. They've made some of my favorite games. And this it, on this podcast, like I might complain about games or even talk about how i don't like some games that i've played but i like i don't want to come on the podcast and say that one of my favorite game developers made a, a bad game like objectively bad yeah. video game this sucks uh so avoid it play something else that's yeah. that's what i think agreed, agreed have you when was the last time dave that you've done you've like done a show on tales from the backlog that is technically Ooh. bad or on a game that is technically bad. <laughs> I, I was thinking about it and there's a couple of games that I didn't like, but like, so like Eastward, I, I really didn't like that mm. game, but my okay. guest on that episode loved it. So we had a conversation about like, oh, I didn't like this. Oh, you like this. We had that conversation. And so like, mm. I didn't come out of that thinking Eastward's a terrible video game. No one should play it. Uh, I think this might be the first one. Oof. <sighs> illustrious <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly exactly we're breaking the mold here yeah oh. so uh avoid redfall there are plenty of other video games uh let's if this is you know episode 80 or 82 i'm not sure when this is going to come out for sure play the other 80 games that have been on the show <laughs> <laughs> yep exactly exactly so guys before we get into the uh spoiler talk here the uh, the time is yours. The floor is yours to uh, plug Friday Night Gamecast and uh, anything else, anywhere else that you want people to uh, be directed. Absolutely. Uh, so again, we're the Friday Night Gamecast. And if you want to find us, we are just that on all podcasting platforms, uh, Friday Night Gamecast. If you want to reach out to us or interact with Will and I directly, um, we're most active on Twitter. So if you just want to find us there, we are at FNGC Pod. 
um, and that that you can find us, reach out to us. We we love interacting with our community. We also have a Patreon. We started up a, a new segment for our show, show called Did You Hate It? Where Will and I choose games <laughs> that are going to be in a 50-50 mix to see whether or not we're going to hate it. And they are very much backlog oriented. So mm-hmm. if you like Dave's show, you're probably going to enjoy some of our work that we're doing there. Mm-hmm. Most recently, the top episode that's in our feed right now is on Mario Odyssey. And Will did a fantastic job uh, reviewing that game. So go click on that and find out whether or not he hated Mario Odyssey. Uh, <laughs> and and yeah, so that's that's a really good time. And if you want to be a member of our Patreon community, uh, just like Dave is, um, mm-hmm. go ahead and just find out. We're at patreon.com slash Friday Night Gamecast and you can get in there for $1 above and that's that's definitely where we're at. So thank you guys so much. Yeah, and um, again, I'll, I'll echo the recommendation I said at the top of the show to check out Friday Night Gamecast. It's a it's a show I'm you know like I said we're in a little between time, so I'm patiently waiting for uh, for season two. Um, I listened to you had a really awesome series, the uh, would you call it the fireside chats during the winter time, where yeah, uh, where you yeah. talked with a bunch of um, content creators, myself included. Um, I loved our episode that we did, and I loved listening to all the other ones too. So. A uh, lot of good stuff to check out. So everyone should check out Friday Night Gamecast down in the show notes. You'll find links and uh, social media and stuff like that. For Tales from the Backlog, uh, let's see. Where, what do I want people to do? I have the list right here. Joining the Discord is first on the list. That's a good place to start. Join the Discord. Come join the conversation. Uh, I was in there talking about Redfall during my time playing it. So uh, if you're listening to this episode and you played it, come on in and talk about it with us. If you liked Redfall, come on in and talk about like talk about what you liked about it. I mean, mm-hmm. this has been a pretty negative podcast so far, but I'm open to hearing other people's experiences, of course. Um, Absolutely. We also have a Patreon. Uh, we, I also have a Patreon uh, for this show and my other show, a top three podcast where a minimum $2 a month gets you a bunch of goodies like voting on games to come up on the show some bonus episodes. Uh, there's a new series I started recently for $5 patrons called Tales from the Way Backlog, which uh, which is me going back playing really old retro games that I missed when I was a kid. Uh, and that's going to be a lot of fun. So I think that's enough plugs for me. Uh, go uh, while, while you're listening to the music during the spoiler break, go find Friday Night Gamecast and leave a five-star rating during the, uh, during the break here. Indeed. But after that break we're going to talk spoilers for redfall so hang tight I'm back with Nick and Will, and it's spoiler time for Redfall, and uh, we're going to kind of breeze through the first uh, map, I feel like. There's not a lot of story that I feel is, like, super necessary. You get introduced to the Hollow Man early in the game, and the first map of the... By the way, the fact that there's on, that there's not only one map was an unwelcome surprise yeah. to me. Yep. Yeah. When, when you beat the Hollow Man and that wasn't the end of the game, I was like, oh, fuck you. No way. <laughs> it was very funny. When my friends were playing, though, we were going through it and it was like, wow, this map is kind of small. Like, there's a, 
how are we going to do the whole game here? I feel like I've run a Claris at four times already. And then, like mm-hmm. you said, you beat the Hollow Man and then you go to the next place. I'm just like, oh, this sucks. <laughs> yeah, because I was, I, I was like knocking stuff off a list. I was going through out areas of this game and I was going through the main story missions and I was like, well, you know, you, sh- you were talking, you were talking trash to me about not getting as far <laughs> as the game yep. should have. And I was like, I'm almost done. He's like, bro, you got like, you got another 10 hours in this game. I was like, no, you're lying to me. Stop. <laughs> no. Stop. Stop, please. <laughs> exactly. Red, Redfall <laughs> Commons is not that long, but then, yeah, Burial yeah. Point, that second area does take like two-thirds of your, your game time. Yeah. <laughs> so the first the first map is all about the story of the Hollow Man. And again, I thought the Hollow Man was the final boss because uh, he's set up that way at the beginning. But anyway, you you kind of go through. It introduces this um, this kind of gating mechanic where you can't go fight the Hollow Man until you kill three sub boss vampires that are around which when it was just that i was like oh okay cool like i already had two skulls anyway i'll go kill one more and um we'll get on with it so you um you go through and the game kind of introduces this like thing where you're you're going through memories or you're activating like these holograms of memories which again is like a uh like low budget way of presenting the story that happened with the with not just the hollow man all the main characters uh, Mm -hmm. in the game and so you're just kind of like forced to just sit there and watch these scenes play out it's somehow less interesting than being taken to a cutscene and just like watching characters talk to each other you're still in full control of your character so you're you're like it's like you're fully aware like i could run away from this right now but you can't you got to stay there because once it's done they'll be an item that spawns you got to pick up the item and it's a whole it just kind of sucks and the um the story with the hollow man goes that he was a doctor who has a daughter that's sick and it's unclear what happened uh, except that she died like do you guys know what happened like did he kill her did she die of her illness what's going on there i was trying to remember specifically with her i think she just died of her illness and he like threw himself into his work but it's just I it's a he very experimented strange on her until she with died. the with the butter yeah the butterfly um injector yeah. yes 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 so yeah that he was, was like, like the end. yeah yeah so, that's like, like he had the butterfly injector he was working on her so yeah so right he there, he accidentally killed her and oh it so, was an accident he did it on purpose he did it on he, purpose yeah he knew she was dying and he knew that basically he was like oh, oh it's fine he, it's fine it's fine yeah did he like and, euthanize her then I. Yeah, I think so. I guess that's what you could say it was, but he basically just didn't care what state she was in and she kept asking him to like stop and he was like, no, you have to do this. Don't you care about me? The classic. Um, yeah, and basically made her feel responsible for being sick and everything mm. that was going on with her so and you know, father of the year. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolute father of the year. But yeah, he basically went through and until he continued to experiment with, on the blood with her until she died. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of started thinking like, oh, is, did he, is this an experiment gone wrong? And that's why we have vampires here. And no, that's not what's going on. The hollow man is yesterday's news. Once you kill him, basically. Yeah. Which is so upsetting. (laughs) On to the next one is exactly what happens, you know, especially because you leave Redfall Commons right after that. So it's not like you see, was there any kind of a power vacuum or anything changed? Did, you know, this area get Oh, it's safer because there's no big bad here. It doesn't matter. You're on to the next thing. His yeah. and like his fucking cultists are still out there being cultists, yeah. even though the hollow man is dead and 
surely if there's a cult worshiping, you know, something that's real and affecting the real world, once the hollow man dies, shouldn't their faith be shaken a little bit? No. Nope. Doesn't matter. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Not that kind of game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely not that kind of game. Yeah. Something that I... Go, go ahead, Will. Well, I was saying there's the one thing about leading up to the hollow man and his fight, though, is the um, the section where you're in his home and you need to actually go like find all the dolls, put them in the doll house. That whole area yeah. was a breath of fresh air as far as the game and the repetitive nature of, you know, getting to that point, killing the underbosses, everything up to there felt very rote and by the numbers. But that was the first kind of like, oh, you know, you have different places to find. There are those weird little um, kind of spirit blood bags that you kill and then you get those, you know, blue skeleton cutscenes. But mm-hmm. still, it's more story. It's more kind of substance to the game. Um, so I do wish while you get in general those for each boss, I kind of wish they had made something more unique as far as that mission structure um, more more common than what you actually get. Yeah, when I was talking about a mansion earlier in the show, that was the one I was talking about because I I had fun creeping around that mansion and it's like, oh, I can go up in the attic and yeah. holy shit, it's like a main mission where I can use my teleport to get through an upstairs window instead of like going through the front door basically. Like I was kind of like, oh, this is this reminds me of a game that I like, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's it's so interesting too because the 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 part here when we get into the the lore and the breakdown, I'm a huge fan of vampire content, vampire vampires in media. I've read a ton of Anne Rice books. Um, you know, I like any most most anything with that. I, I even enjoyed watching the pulpy Twilight movies when they first came out, and I was in high school, and that was mainly because I was watching it with you know girlfriends and stuff. But you know, nevertheless, like I th- I always think vampires are a fun and uh, enjoyable concept when you're mm-hmm. when they are introduced well into media. Um, and I just think that again, you know, kind of hinging off of what you were saying, you know, the Hollow Man is yesterday's news. Once you kill him, and then it's just on to the next one. It's so frustrating and sad for me here when it was like the idea, even in the, it was a tagline that they used in the marketing for Redfall: the vampire gods are watching you, and they keep saying that to you over and over as you're going off and you're crossing off items on your list to continue to build out the map in whatever area that you're in, whether you're whether you're in the commons or burial point, and. The thing that's sad to me is that, like, they're not vampire gods. Like, that doesn't even make sense for them to say that. They're, I, I'm assuming their cult is, like, worshipping them as gods because they mm-hmm. can go in the blood trance. They never fully dive into, like, what the blood trance actually is or what it means to the people. You know that they're kind of, like, giving blood out or, like, I guess special vampire blood to these cultists is what I'm assuming. I might be incorrect about that. Mm-hmm. But it's just, it's frustrating for me that there's not interpersonal dialogue between the vampires they're not building up like vampire lore or even like really a a manageable hierarchy you know you have this core cast of characters that are kind of at the center of it all and they were all just humans that turned into vampires and i was like that's the most unenjoyable like least creative twist that i've ever heard of for a vampire story like like vampires have always been like the old gods there's always an old one that's somewhere Mm -hmm. that's been around for a millennia and it's always been walking across the earth and that's the one that's you know orchestrating or you know mechanizing all of these things but this whole redfall experience was just a science experiment and for it to be a science experiment after you're going through this whole thing it's just ah it's so frustrating that that's what they landed on so like I think there is a level higher than the Black Sun 
and the vampire gods really? that you fight here because they hint yeah, at a sequel later yeah. because you oh, kill all of them okay. and they hint at a sequel at the end of the game so With the golden girl there's going to be something higher and like so like the the board at the like the avium clinic or whatever uh they're the ones who became the vampire gods and the the ceo or whatever i think her name's claire um yep. became yeah. the black claire sun Beck. which is like the big one the head honcho here right so they this all happened because they opened up a gateway and it i i don't know maybe i wasn't paying attention or something i don't know like did this gateway turn them into vampires or did some higher vampire like you know set all this shit up and uh give them all their vampire powers and stuff but well, they, that was that girl grace that had special blood and they yeah. all like partook of her blood and that they, turned them yeah. into like the vampire gods so they found yeah they found her um grace right they they found her and they identified her as like having something special mm-hmm. going on and then there was like an investigation into what they were doing and then to avoid in the investigation they opened up this gateway and like let hell loose right if I'm remembering yeah. right. I think that's right. Yeah. So uh, anyway, like uh, talking about the story here, like to be clear for listeners, like I, when I was playing this game, I was not invested in the story. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. They make it hard to get into. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's too many, too many like times where the rug is pulled out from under you where like, I thought the hollow man story was going to continue and get deeper. And then you kill him before it has a chance to get much deeper. Um, and then, okay, I thought the hollow man was like the head honcho. Then we go to the next map and there are two other vampire gods that are exactly like the hollow man with their own cults and their own backstories that like could be interesting if they had more room to breathe, but they don't. So they're kind of just like one of them plays mind tricks on you and then they don't play mind tricks on you until you go fight them when they try again, Miss Whisper. Mm -hmm. And then... Mm -hmm. um, the other one, Bloody Tom, is not super interesting. I don't remember anything about all. Bloody Tom. I was literally thinking the same exact thing. I was like, Miss Whisper, you know, a bad person. She locks a lady in a room, lets her die. They hide away Grace. Um, yeah. We talked about uh, Hollow Man, you know, kills his daughter, bad person. And I was like, okay, so all the vampire gods are just bad people. There's very little nuance here. And I was thinking, I was like, and Bloody Tom is also there <laughs> like yeah. i literally cannot I remember, remember a single what he thing. did like i don't even remember like what his thing was he was just another god yeah that you have to kill and it was just like okay that's that's fine i guess so you you have to kill these it's basically like okay that thing with the hollow man that repeats twice with these other two gods you have to do the same yes. thing you have to kill six of these local vampire bosses to uh fill up the altars so that you can go into their lair you can go fight them. Um, it's it's just, you know, especially once they were like, oh, you have to do that thing with like the um, the local vampire boss, the underbosses again, mm-hmm. six times. I was six like, times. Oh, this is just padding. This is this is blatant padding. It is, especially too, because before you fight the bosses, you have to do a mission before that at the safe house. And then there's only six of those missions as a whole. And I think there are like 18 plus safe houses. So mm-hmm. you will get repeats. It'll be go here, kill enemies. It'll be go here, destroy this vampire effigy. Uh, there's another one. Go here, stop this vampire from absorbing blood bags and turning yeah. into a super vampire. Mm-hmm. And that just repeats. So you do that and then you go fight the boss. And fighting the boss always just turns into 
go to this area and shoot it until it dies. The only time it's different is at like the very end, the second area, when there's like a blood tree. And that's yeah, yeah. for me more annoying <laughs> than like interesting because I'm like, oh God. Yeah. The the blood tree was it was one of those where it's like, um, okay, there's these three vampires that are in like these amber like crystals or whatever mm-hmm. and you have to destroy them but you have to wait until the game tells you which one you can destroy <laughs> you can't just race around and destroy all of them you got to wait till it's your turn <laughs> yeah. yeah and there's a timer in between so you destroy one and then a 30 second timer goes up on the screen like 30 or 45 seconds and you have to wait yeah. before the other one even pops up to destroy so it's not like you can speed run it you're locked in mm-hmm. um the second map though like this the stuff that you're doing was pretty annoying but i like the second map more than the first map because of the visuals i thought were cooler and the locations i thought were cooler Mm -hmm. Uh, also there's a lot more like seaside stuff and like neighborhoods and stuff like that and it's in like cliffs and uh I i think at one point there's like a big like gorge where a river used to be you uh you gotta go down into yeah I like that stuff about the second map more uh, than the first one. Um, And I think the blood trees are cool looking. And if you think, you know, if you approach this from like, oh, that's like metal visual design, there's a lot more of that in the second map than the the first one. The second map definitely opens up a lot too for the side missions. Uh, I'm sure by the time you got there, most of us were pretty burnt out on it. So we were trying to like main path it. Mm -hmm. Um, because I'm a sick person, I literally did all of the side missions throughout the entire game. And I can at least say a lot of them on the back half of the game in burial point were really cool. There's a great one where you go into a cave where the paramilitary group had like taken it over and there you can kind of actually stealth around. There are vampires that are in, um, hibernation that you can kind of stealth kill with the, the launcher or just stealth past period. And then mm-hmm. there are lasers, whether they be lasers that explode C4 on the wall or lasers that are attached to turrets. And the whole point of getting through there is to, you know, be silent, be stealthy, and then get to the very end, unlock the loot, and leave. And I thought that was awesome because I, I don't have to shoot. And it's one of the few times in the game where it rewards you for not just going in guns blazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was really interesting there. I think there's another one too. There's, um, this one isn't, is even better for me because mm-hmm. it's not a true side quest. But there's a house in the second area where you go in, there's three pictures on the floor, and it's about like these sisters. And it doesn't give you a mission, it doesn't give you a thing to go do, you just pick them up. And if you actually follow where they're at on the map, you find these three special vampires that are all fairly strong in different areas. You kill them and they each have individual keys. And you can take those keys back to the house that you went into to unlock all of the upstairs rooms in that house to get like grave locks and get special things. And you ultimately end up with a blood vial, which we didn't talk about before, but that's like an additional item that you can put on your character to increase mm-hmm. their health and give yeah. them like optional upgrades. So that's also very cool. It's just very sad. They put it on the second half of the game when I'm sure most people have kind of checked out by then. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or didn't make it that far. Oh, exactly. I, I, I wish I could like see the retention rate stats of Redfall throughout the time. Cause the amount of people that made it to burial point, like I'm sure that the numbers just plummeted. There's yeah. no way that people got through the entirety of Redfall commons no. and was like, yeah, I want to keep going. I want to finish this off. Cause why would you willingly choose to do that to yourself? Yeah, um, <laughs> all of the achievements that I was getting in like the back half of the game were rare. And that just means that less than 3% of the population have unlocked them. 
That's because people fell yeah. off like flies. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm, I'm looking at the trophies right now. So uh, the trophy to destroy Miss Whisper, you know, main story quest in the second half of the game, 3%. Yep. Which <laughs> like, that's like, that's lower than like platinum trophy percentages for most games, right? Yeah. Uh, right. Bloody Tom, 3%. Let's try and find the one for the Hollow Man because that's Hollow Man, 9%. I was about to say 10 on me. I was going to think it was 10. So that sounds about yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like I, I get that most people that play games don't beat them statistically. Like mm. overwhelmingly, most people don't beat games that they play. But to have yeah. to have only 9% of your care, of your players make it like a third of the way through the game, that's that's rough. Yeah. So one thing I thought was cool in the second half of the game, this goes back to like that metal visual design, like story design is there's a character named Charles Beck, who is the black son's uh, brother, Claire's Mm -hmm. brother. And I'm not totally sure on like the story specifics, but like he was not down with the plan. That's, that's what I got. Basically Uh, his, his sister is evil and he was not, he was not cool with everything. So Everyone else became vampire gods, uh, and Claire killed uh, her brother Charles and turned him into this basically like big bloated living blood supply for everybody. And his name is yeah. Bloodbag Chuck, which is fucked up. Yeah, it's uh, rough. <laughs> but like, you have this uh, this really cool. Uh, again, you have like this like circus tent level, like this amusement park type level. Yeah. You are not incentivized in any way to go anywhere but the circus tent where like the main story takes you because I didn't really talk about this in the non-spoiler part, but it kind of went, could have gone unsaid that it's not fun to explore in this game. You'll never find anything worthwhile exploring except maybe a grave lock or something like that if you're really into that. And the traversal as literally any other character besides Devinder or Layla is mm-hmm. insufferable. Yes, it is insufferable to try to navigate around as Jacob or like I, I can only assume Rem- the Remy. other characters who don't yeah. have teleport or a giant boost into the air. Because yeah. like that's the thing about Burial Point is like the first area that you go into, it's this giant like mountain range and you go through this tunnel and that's like the first fast travel point that you unlock in that area. And on either side of that, you have multiple missions that are on top of the mountain with no way to get to the top other than going a complete completely around there so it's like yeah again the fact that they're not giving your players easy access or zip lines or ways to traverse that you see in other games like dying light 2 or or any other zombie game or, or co-op shooter yeah i mean even with even with devinder's teleports like the the mantling and the jumping is just terrible in this game. Like you, you spend a bunch yeah. of time like trying to jump, like climb something that's like waist high and you're just like jumping up against it and it's just not registering yeah. that you're supposed to mantle up onto it. It, it sucks. So teleport yeah. was like my best friend. I made a great choice taking like, I was like, oh, I love playing with Blink in Dishonored. I want that in this game. And it turns out like that's the key to like, getting around in general (laughs) agreed Agreed. (laughs) yeah absolutely so but i yeah yeah 
Go ahead. I am glad that I am glad that you brought up this mission with Charles Bay because this is also Dave what turned me around a little bit on like what they were doing. It was just the 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 right wrinkle, just the right wrinkle in the the narrative development of the latter half of the story to be like, oh, this is interesting. And the fact that he's having a conversation with your playable character about, listen, like. I feel really bad about what my sister has done. I feel mm-hmm. really bad about how everything's have ended up. I need you to go end all of this. And even though he realizes he's essentially consigning himself to death by giving you all of the information, telling you to do what you do, it is compelling. It is kind of interesting that, you know, he's willing to say, this is not the way that I wanted things to go. This is not the right way <laughs> path to go down. So I, I am glad that there is a small little tidbit of goodness of arcane storytelling that's still there. Yeah, he's because like his ghost talks to you several times before you actually meet his like living body. And yeah. his ghost is like a it's like one of those blue skeletons, except he's yellow. And mm-hmm. you talk with him. He He kind of gives you these cryptic things about, you know kind of pushing you forward on the plot. But then when you meet what he actually looks like, and he's, like I said, this kind of amorphous like blob of flesh that just like blood is just constantly being siphoned away from him. Um, you're like, Oh fuck, this is, this is interesting. Like 14 hours into the game. This is interesting. Yep. Yeah. So 14 hours, um, the final, yeah. Uh, just a it's a it's a brutal amount of time to go without compelling story before you get like anything where you're like oh this is cool look at that yeah. guy but you you get the stuff from him that's going to allow you to kill the black sun and you go on and fight the black sun and um the black sun uh, while you're fighting uh, makes a claim that she manipulated you into killing the other vampire gods uh, to which i was like yeah sure you did i i don't remember this uh but cool i'm glad you think that way And then you have this (laughs) boss fight. The other boss fights are like fine. I think, you know, the hollow man, miss whisper. I don't remember bloody Tom at all, but those are fine from a gameplay perspective. You, you figure out their attacks, you figure out where you can hide. It's okay. Uh, Did you guys feel the same way up until the final boss? Yep. I was the same deal. Hollow man was fine. Um, bloody Tom, he was like just popping out of pools of blood. Oh, with yeah, I remember at that. You. And I was like, he's probably the easiest one because there are plenty of things to hide behind and avoid mm-hmm. the, the blood lances, which him throwing blood lances was neat. I felt like his fight was kind of cool looking, but yeah. ultimately was very easy. And then um, Miss Whisper was kind of annoying, actually. I think I died a couple of times there, but I was frustrated mm-hmm. by considering the blue vampire minions that would spawn all mm-hmm. hit like normal vampires, but were super wispy and fast. Yeah. Um, so it just kind of made it, you have to have a assault rifle cause they yep. die in one hit. Um, so doing that was fine. And then, yeah, then you get to the black sun, which was, um, a complete pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I texted will cause I didn't think Nick was done, uh, this far in the game at that point. So I texted will and I was like, Hey man, like, can you jump on sometime and help me? Just kill this. This fucking sucks. This Feels is so bad. I missed it. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys squat up? Oh, you you didn't get to squat up together. Okay. No, no, we didn't. And then like yeah. you know, he was like, oh yeah, maybe like later today or tomorrow or something. And then I beat it like fifteen minutes later. But I. So if you're listening to this as a service because you didn't want to play all of Redfall, uh, what the Black <laughs> Sun fight is is throughout the game there are these vampire nests that you go in and um, you kind of fight your way through these like warped streets and houses and stuff and they're visually they're really fucking cool i like the vampire nests a lot visually i like yeah the idea of them yep for sure yeah 
what you're actually doing is you get to a place where like this nest heart is and you just kind of go up to these nodes and hold down X to destroy the node. You do that three times and then you shoot the heart and it's done. This final boss is a souped up version of that. But also there are 65 fucking vampires in the arena while you're trying to do this. And it's incredibly annoying. There are like multiple rooks running around. There's the, the anglers that grab you and pull you up to them. It's the worst. It is, uh, in recent memory, this is by far the worst boss fight that I've done. Yeah. It's an incredibly annoying game. Yeah. Incredibly annoying. And this is what I mentioned earlier too, when we talked about the rooks complete missed opportunity during the main game, because the rook during the actual game itself completely static it's the electricity and then he teleports and tries to punch you and that's the Mm -hmm. whole thing you can fight one rook you can fight 50 rooks they all do that when you get to Mm -hmm. the final boss with black sun then you have rooks that take on the properties of the special vampires so you have a rook that has like an angler grappler move you have Mm -hmm. a rook that will do what the shroud does which i didn't really talk about the shroud another super annoying vampire that encases your character in like darkness so you can't see around you Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the other one is uh, the siphon. So you have the rook siphon, which is the worst, but the rooks in that main boss fight at the very end take on properties of the advanced vampires, which could have been super cool during the story to be like, Oh, a rook's coming in is going to be a super easy fight. And then he starts sucking everyone's health from like two feet away. Like that would have been great. Um, mm-hmm. but other than that, it's just very annoying in the main boss fight, especially when like me and like Dave, we're running around by yourself, just trying to stay alive. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. And the in the the health the the health healing options too are just there it's it's not great. It doesn't Bismol. feel good to do this and and like when you're in there there's nothing there's nothing there to support you while you're playing. They don't even have companion AI uh while you're actually in that fight. If I'm if I'm not mistaken they don't. And it's kind no. of like as as yep. you're playing solo it's just you. And I I got to say even while I was playing with Will I got clapped a couple of times, but it was also, you know, we're splitting the enemy AI's interest in between our two playable characters as we're in that map too and it just it I f- felt myself asking multiple times throughout this game why am i doing this like what is the purpose for me doing that like i I, it's just i i didn't care and we didn't even get into earlier in the gameplay mechanics section one of the most insufferable bugs i think i've ever experienced in the game it was in the run where we were going through miss whisper and we go through the intro area we kill some vampires we go through we go talk to the ghosts we go shoot the little thing that releases its little blue mist and then we go and listen to the the ghost and you have to like listen to them speak to each other when you're in main storyline missions you can't just mm-hmm. continue on but will and i we were playing and we did it and we were playing i think with with shady at that point and we did all three we listened to all three things and then there was supposed to be an item on the bed on like a on a yep. like a on a table that just wasn't there. It just didn't spawn <laughs> even though we did stuff. And so we're sitting there, we're stuck. We can't reload our saves. We're stuck in that room. And so we had to literally go from the very beginning of that entire boss fight and repeat it. And we're talking about something that took us, what would you say, Will, 25, 30 minutes to get something to that, to that point? Effect. It's But do you remember the funniest reason why it did that? It's because there is a special vampire at the bottom area where that item spawns and we killed it. When a special vampire dies, it turns into a pile of ash. Oh, the pile of ash covered the item and there's nothing in the game that lets you (laughs) click on the item through the pile of ash. So it was impossible for us to grab it. 
Fine. I that reset. that's what happened. It, it does not make sense. The QA is crazy. <laughs> that, <laughs> that absolutely to me during, insane. Uh, one of the underbosses, their skull, when they died, their skull didn't fall down onto the ground. It fell down onto a porch, but it clipped through the porch onto the ground level below the porch. So like there was like one pixel where it overlapped with like the top layer of the porch and I could actually get it. But I spent like five minutes because the, the map marker is saying like the skull's right here and I just killed the vampire right here, but I, there's no skull. I don't see it. And just through luck, I scrolled over where it was and it like popped up for a uh, split second. I was like, oh, Oh, I clipped through the porch. God, all right. Let me try and find that pixel again so I can yeah. grab it. Ridiculous. It's the little things. <laughs> yeah. So in this final boss, um, how I actually beat it, because I did not I did not kill all the vampires in each of the three sections to do it. The first section, I figured out that you can just run past the vampires because their AI is fucking stupid. And if you do it fast yeah. enough, you can fill the wheel and destroy the node. The second one, you have to kill a few. Um, I had to kill a rook. I had to kill an angler. But again, a lot of the vampires didn't notice me, so I could like kind of hop up and and take care of it. The third one, um, remember how I said rooks uh, can't get you if you're standing on top of a car? Well, I was standing just outside the rook's leash, so it charged at me, reached the end of its leash, and was like, oh, okay, well. And it just de-aggroed and ran away, and I never saw it again. (laughs) <laughs> and then I just walked up to the thing and there's a bunch of vampires like flying around. And so I'm like holding the button, like, please don't fucking notice me. Don't make me do this fight again. But they didn't. I ended up beating the final boss, but like two of the three nodes that you destroy were not through any skill or problem solving of my own. It's just the enemies did not notice me or their AI bugged out. And it, I think it's, it was a fitting ending for Redfall. Yep. Makes sense. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, well, no, I mean, well. you got to say, say about it what you will. At least it's consistent in that it is. way. <laughs> it's <laughs> consistent <laughs> video game. Yeah. So, uh, you did, did, when you fought the final boss, did you guys like, did you bug out the enemies too? Did you kill them all? Was there anything interesting about how you beat it? I think I had a slightly harder time when I beat it with Nick than when I beat it by myself because I was just kind of over it. And I was like, let me just do this as quickly as possible. So that Uh second node you mentioned with the angler, there's an angler that's like way out in the back kind of camping it. So -hmm. if you get close to the thing and you don't kill it first, I got like whipped all the way out, like super far away from it. So I just had to kind of like run back, super annoying. (laughs) And then the very last one, I guess you just got lucky with the rook there because I had a siphon that was literally spawn camping the last node. And the siphons are the worst enemies. Like, they're probably my most hated enemies in Redfall because mm-hmm. you get within 20 feet and then they start drawing blood out of you. So I had to stand just far enough away that, like, a sniper or something would reach and just sit there and shoot it. And he wouldn't move. He would just stand still. Mm-hmm. But he was camping it so I couldn't get close with a shotgun and make it mercifully short as opposed to just pinking him away until he eventually dies. Uh, um, but, yeah, it's, the like you said, definitely a fitting end. The boss was not difficult. Um, it wasn't particularly fun. You're not interacting with the Black Sun at all. You're just doing those nodes and then avoiding vampires. And yeah. her like line about I manipulated you. That's because that cutscene at the very beginning of the game when the two vampires are going to eat you, and then she walks up and she's like, "No, there's something for you to do oh, later." Right? Yeah. That's that's her manipulating you is by not killing you 
and then you effectively just kill all the other vampire gods. And I was like, that is extremely lazy. <laughs> sure. And that serves her purpose, how to kill all of her underlings. Yeah. Because it's not like they made any kind of a reference that, oh, the less vampire gods there are, the more powerful the ones that are alive become. Like, mm-hmm. that would have made sense if that was the case, but they made yeah. nothing of that. It's, a, it's just like she wanted to be the only one, which meant there's no one to help you. <laughs> yeah, or that there was, like, some uprising happening, like, the lesser vampire gods wanted to take her down. They're just yeah. chilling. They're just doing their own thing. They don't... Mm-hmm. There's no strife. There's no interaction between any of them at all. It's nope. just... Yeah. Like when the they were humans, point, they, they hated each, each other. other, maybe, but... Yeah. Because yeah. they talk about in Burial Point that some of the cultists are infighting. So like some of the bloody Tom cultists will fight the Miss Whisper cultists. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you don't see vampires fighting vampires and uh, you don't see anything else like particularly about that kind of like group infighting. It's just said, and then you see the humans fight. Yeah. That's it. So I got to tell you, it was, it was satisfying in more than one way when after you beat the black sun, the sun finally rises and all the vampires disappear from Redfall satisfying from a story perspective uh because you vanquish the black sun the town is saved and also satisfying because the game is over and there's mm-hmm. just no more to be played uh, at least for me um <laughs> yay <laughs> but what you do see is it's either I, I don't remember if it's shown or if it's just kind of like hinted at at the end that some of the vampires just escaped mm-hmm. and so this is not over so to be continued Yep. We excited, like, guys? Oh, I'm day one. Day one, Redfall 2. <laughs> they got to turn it around. See, he's joking, but he literally will be day one going into season one. If it's, if it's on Game Pass, I'll check it out. I'm like, look, yeah. this has got to be different. This got, there's, there's no way it's worse or on the same level. Like, it's got to be improved. So, yeah, you know, the ends is with the outro from Grace, and then uh, it shows that one vampire going through a door. And we're just like, my, my right. body's still out there somewhere. This mm-hmm. isn't over yet. And I was yeah, like, this isn't over yet. Like, <laughs> and after my, I guess, but why second time beating it, I was like, yes, it is. And then I deleted the game off of my Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> That's the ultimate yeah. power that we hold. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I really hope that they don't pursue this anymore. I, I just feel like as a as a production company that their, their artistry and their interests and everything that they're good at will be so much better suited towards tackling something that's not designed around microtransactions not designed around multiplayer you have this this hallmark single player campaign developer that it specializes in immersive sims like stay in your lane let them be good at what they want to be good at and attract talent that way and i feel like that's something that they could do um I, I I will not play Redfall 2, regardless. I don't know. I don't care if he even comes out with rave, rave reviews. Maybe if it gets like a 97 on Metacritic, maybe then <laughs> I'll give it a chance. But the chances of that happening are slim to none. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to give it a chance after this. You know, it, it's like Will said, if it's on Game Pass, I'll try it because it's arcane. But uh, you mentioned it earlier, like... It's kind of like that that thing, right? Like, you know, all, all the cells in your body are replaced over a certain period of time. So is your body still the same after that happens? Arcane has lost so many people. Is it still Arcane? What identity do they still have, mm-hmm. uh, especially after this? And if, you know, meddling from Zenimax is, uh, is in there, like, what are we going to get from the next game from Arcane Austin? Like, Arcane Leon... Uh, made Deathloop as their their previous game, so like 
I'm not sure what's going on with them, but the turnover at Arcane Austin, and like you said, like the the trouble they have hiring people because progressive people don't want to go work in Texas if they can help it. Yeah. It's not painting a rosy uh, picture of the future, for sure. I'm not optimistic about the future of like, I'll just, I'm not optimistic about the this company's future, yeah. which sucks. In general, I can't agree with you more there, Dave. I, I just, yeah, it's it sucks to say that and it sucks to see them come from so much greatness. But now it's like it, you kind of just have to accept that this is a different time and a different world that we're yeah. living in now, that it's going to be a different arcane and that I no longer will expect anything they put out to be an automatic lock for me, um, yeah. which is sad to say, but um, but that's that's all there is to it. And until Microsoft gets it, until Phil Spencer puts somebody in position at Microsoft who's going to be over there and monitoring all of their acquisition studios to be like, hey, you're a first party dev now. This is the standard that we need to meet. If he doesn't put somebody or a small team in a position to do that for their studios, we're going to have repeat situations of Redfall. So my fingers are crossed for Starfield when I say that. But again, like after this experience, I can't. I can't get my hopes up. Yeah. Well, it's a um it's a bummer of a game. It's a it's a bummer, you know, kind of closing thought there to uh to talk about <laughs> just how pessimistic we are about the the future of this this uh once great developer. You know, uh, and again, I said it earlier, I'm I'll be happy to be proven wrong if the next game they make yeah. it rocks, then I'll say holy shit, what a what an awesome surprise. I'm mm-hmm. I'm so happy to see this. Like I'm not happy to see them put out a shitty game and lose a bunch of their staff and all that. That's not not what I'm looking to see. Yeah. Uh, but as it stands right now, um, this was a just just thoroughly disappointing game. But you know what wasn't disappointing, guys? Talking with you guys on this episode. This has Woo-hoo. been awesome talking with you. <laughs> we uh, we talked early on in the time when we were playing Redfall. I messaged you guys and I was like, "Hey, this game sucks. If you want to pick a different game." I'm up. I'm open. Let's uh, let's let's talk about it. And we all kind of mutually decided let's continue with Redfall. Let's take on the challenge of of seeing everything it has to offer, and then um, evaluating it and doing our best. And I'm happy with what we did here, even if it was negative. I don't think we said anything that was you know, you know, out of bounds or anything like that. No hating for hating's sake. I'm happy with what how our conversation went. So thank you guys. Oh, thank you for having us on. Like you said, want to make sure we're not being vicious. Is just the state of the game as yeah. it is. You know, it's just something that we generally did not enjoy. Uh, doesn't mean that they can't fix it in the future. While I don't mm-hmm. think it's going to have a No Man's Sky situation, much like you with you know the next game or Arcane and uh, Austin in general with their their next project, I'd like to be proven wrong. I would like for this game to have some kind of a turnaround because mm-hmm. Nick talked about it. This should be my kind of game. I love these online shooters. I think vampires are really cool and they're an enemy that we generally don't fight a whole lot. So it would have been great for it to really been a knockout of the park. But just like we talk about games that are 10 out of 10s and how much we love them, um, you know, we have to talk about these games that are less than and, you know, what happened mm-hmm. there and, and hopefully improve either this game or whatever uh, Arcane Austin goes to in the future. Yeah. All right. So uh, once again, thank you guys for uh, taking two and a half hours to talk about Redfall. Wish it could have been a better game. Next time we'll get a better game for sure. And uh, there will be a next time because I always love talking with you guys. So thank you again. Um, Thank you everybody for listening. One more plug for the listeners, everyone, please check out Friday Night Gamecast. 
well worth your time. Uh, lots of good conversations happening over there, and it's a show that I listen to every time it comes up on the feed. So again, down in the show notes, Friday Night Gamecast links, you'll find them. And yeah, tune in next week for the next game to come out of the backlog. Thanks again, Dave. See you, everybody. 